You can ask me questions if you have yes. questions. Malo kayo mga bago pa lang, Maria Santa, Fireflies, and Frankie Beato. You can ask a direct question and I will answer it. Uh, or anybody among us here who is already here, like uh, Speaker Bienvenido uh, Lorque, he is the person who conducts our meetings as the speaker. And uh, we are adopting the parliamentary rules of order here in discussions, Yung Robert's Rules of Order. But in uh, when aside from this parang question hour natin ngayon, we, are, we can talk directly to each other. But once we go into formal session, once the speaker cuddles us in, our discussions will be directed to the speaker. So when you ask a question to somebody who is speaking, you will have to, Mr. Speaker, you have to address the Mr. Speaker. Uh, that is the direction to avoid any direct uh, uh, heated exchanges between the members of the parliament. Because usually, <coughs> and tackles many contentious issues and mostly, most of the time, uh, nagbago nga yan talaga dyan sa usapan kasi nagkakagalit at nagkakainitan ng ulo. Kaya nga meron rules of order sa discussion in parliament. At tayo din po ay para uh, shadow congress. Inomonitor din natin ang mga nangyayari sa actual congress natin. Kasi parliament is just like a congress, ano? So alimbawa, ang uh, mga member natin dito, tinatanong natin, saan, saan ba kayong lugar para malaman na, namin ang inyong representation? At saka ako, uh, bilang supporter sa gustong resolution ni uh, Dr. Robert Posadas, uh, Mr. Speaker, yes. I would like to uh, rise on a point of privilege to talk about uh, the uh, situation of uh, Didigong in relation to our 1899 proposals. Uh, para mas ma-inform yung uh, gustong uh, resolution na gawin ni Dr. Posadas. So unless uh, Dr. Posadas would like to speak ahead of me for certain things, I would like to be recognized and start my talk as soon as uh, I am recognized. Okay, Attorney Posadas, uh, can you react on that? I think it's not. Hindi siya on. Attorney Posadas, are you still here? Oh, nag-break. Wala siyang audio. Baka wala siyang audio kasi kanina pa siya dyan eh. Oo, nawala ang audio mo. Yun na nga. So, If you can recognize me now, I can go and begin my presentation or my privileged speech, Mr. Speaker. Okay, Professor Hill, you are recognized. Ganito yan sa mga kasama natin na we our session now is is gobbled together. The plenary is on, and right now I'll be delivering a point of view on a point of privilege. We are using Robert's rules of order here. Okay, Professor Hill, I forget, but now at eight thirty-five 
the session is uh, started. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. So I rise on a point of privilege to uh, talk about matters related to Tunay na Pagbabago. And the uh, title of my privilege speech is uh, How about Totohanang Tunay na Pagbabago? Hindi yung joke only. <laughs> that is the title of my speech. I would say that kasabay dito sa ating iniingin pagbabago, ang pagbabago ng ating saligang batas. Yung ating paggalaw mula sa isang presidential system papunta sa isang parliamentary system na yan ang gustong gawin ng ating grupo. At yung mga resolution na gustong gawin natin, na ginawa na rin natin noong June 12, ay patungkol din sa kagustuhan natin ngayon. At meron nga yung isang proposal din ngayon, dagdag pa dun sa nagawa na natin resolusyon na magpapadiin pa ng ating kagustuhan na magkaroon tayo ng tunay na pagbabago. Simulan natin ang ating saligang batas. Ang aking punto de vista, yung ating saligang batas ay basahan na. Ang ating saligang batas na 1987 ay basahan at niyuyurakan, hindi sinusunod, at kailangan palitan na. The 1987 Constitution, which had become a constitution of convenience for the Philippine political class, should be discarded. Even before the coup against Arab, this constitution has already been ignored by the political class. For instance, the required law to implement its injunction against the political dynasties was never enacted by the Congress, which had been captured by such dynasties. Can we silence that silence and go mute because I'm hearing a dog barking in the background? Nilo, unmute. Can you please unmute all? Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, go ahead. Okay. As I said, the required law to implement the injunction of the 1987 Constitution against political dynasties was never enacted by the Congress because the Congress itself were populated by these dynasties. So how could they make a law against it? But it is in our constitution, but they have not done it now. For how many years now? 35 years? In 2001, uh, we had a coup against Arab. People did not call it a coup, but it was a coup. And uh, when it was, it succeeded because uh, they, surround, they circumvented the constitution. This guy, Hilarios Davide, I call him that because he was the chief justice at the time and his collaborators in the Supreme Court, they invented the doctrine of constructive resignation, which is not in the constitution of 1987. So this 1987 constitution is no longer the same document that was ratified by the people in 1987. It has ceased to exist at the 1987 constitution. It has become 
a de facto constitution of 2001 that is an unratified document. Furthermore, ngayon, context ng ating pandemic, yan sa ating uh, constitution, merong artikulo 12 na dapat ang presidente ay mag-take over sa mga public utilities katulad ng ilaw at tubig para masawata ang pag uh, uh, ng mga uh, negosyo nito upang lalong bikdikin ng mga taong naghihirap na nga. Ngayon, inutokso pa tayo ng presidente na siya daw ay tatakbo ng BP position. Kahit na siya ay isang incumbent na presidente habang mag-i-eleksyon sa 2022. Yan ay uh, nagbabiolate ng ating uh, equity. Ang equity po ay karapatan. Kasama yan, extension ng ating karapatan yan. That is a combination of right and privilege. May karapatan ang bawat isa sa atin tumakbo bilang vice-presidente. Halimbawa, si Benvenido Lorque ngayon, yung ating speaker, ay gustong tumakbong vice-presidente. Uh, Tapos ang matakaharap niyang kalaban ay ang isang tao na nakaupong presidente sa kasalukuyan habang ang eleksyon ay ginaganap. Yun ba ay parang sasabihin natin patas ba ang laban <laughs> ng isang uh, citizen na uh, Benvenido Lorque versus uh, na gusto maging vice-presidente laban sa isang uh, presidente na gusto pang maging vice-presidente ulit. Yan ay medyo mali na ginagawa niya. Kasi po, yun pong ating constitution, meron po meron yung sinasabing spirit of the constitution o sinasabing constitutionalism. Yan po ang magsasabi na ang interpretasyon ng any provision dyan ay dapat tatig sa dapat na tama at patas na mga sitwasyon. Katulad ng na hindi, ba, na hindi nararapat sa uh, sitwasyon na nabinigyan ko ng rimbawa ngayon, ngayon pa lang. Kasi itong mga taong iba, sinasabi nila, aba, hindi naman yan re-election eh. Yan ay election to the BP. Aba doon po sa section 4 ng ating uh, batas mismo. Kahit nasabihin natin na hindi natin i-invoke yung spirit ng constitution natin, doon po ay meron sinasabi sa section 4 na hindi pwedeng mag- re-election ng presidente kahit anong posisyon. Yung section 4 po ay kasama doon sa artikulo 7 ng ating uh, 1987 constitution. Tinasabi doon na ang artikulo 7, ang lahat ng mga sections doon ay patungkol sa mga posisyon sa executive department. Dalawa lang naman po ang elective position sa executive department natin kasi nasa presidential system tayo. Ang vice president position lang at saka yung president position. Ang sinabi ng uh, Saligang Batas na 1987, the president, sa section 4, the president shall not be eligible for any election. Any re-election. Okay? So, dalawa lang ang posisyon doon, di ba? Vice at saka presidente. So, hindi siya pwedeng mag-re-election sa dalawang yun. Any. Kasi any. Kasi kung presidente lang ang pinagbabawal, Dapat walang word na any. Dapat sinabi lang doon, the president shall not be eligible for re-election. Pero may word na any. Kaya sakop yung posisyon ng vice-presidente. At saka ang any rin, sinasabi rin doon, 
hindi ka pwede mag-re-election kung mag hindi ka pwede mag-re-election ngayon kung uh, sa election na darating o kahit na after after the uh, term ng 6 years sa 2020 hindi ka pa rin pwedeng tumakbo. Ngayon, ang tanong, eh bakit tumakbo sa ERAP ng dalawang beses? Tumakbo siya noong 20 2019 1998 tapos uh, tumakbo ulit siya noong uh, 2010. Naalala niyo 'yon? Bakit nakatakbo sa ERAP dahil hindi niya na yung 4-year term eh. Hindi siya nakakompleto ng isang term ng presidente kasi minimum na 4 years ang dapat. Ipakinudita siya nila inadsatusya nila GMA kaya siya nakatakbo kaya yung po ay hindi uh, bawal ang isa pa sinasabi nila bakit tumakbo si GMA sa pagka kongresista at bakit si ERAP ay tumakbo sa mayor hindi ba pangalawang election nila yon ibang election na yon nagpresidente na sila dati totoo yun pero yung pong uh, Posisyon na tinakbuhan ni Gloria na kongresista, hindi kasama sa pinagbabawal na mga posisyon kasi ang sakop lang ng pagbabawal ay posisyon sa executive department. Yung kanyang tinakbuhan ay kongresista. Kahit na may spekulasyon na pwede siyang maging speaker at maging balik sa line of discretion, yun ay speculative at that point. Kahit na dito na naging speaker siya. Sana, nung naging speaker siya, Kung magaling ang utak ni Pantaleon Alvarez, siya ay tumakbo kagad sa Supreme Court at sabihin, ba, hindi pwedeng maging speaker si Gloria kasi magiging linya ulit siya sa presidential succession at yun ay pinagbabawal sa espiritu ng batas. Pero medyo mahina mga abogado ni Pantaleon eh. Kaya hindi nila na-prevent si Gloria na maging speaker. Okay. Yan. Ano naman ng kay ERAP? Yung posisyon na ERAP ng mayor ng Manila, hindi yung kasali. sa executive department. Yun ay local government. Ang executive department referred to the positions of president and vice president. Yung uh, local government ay labas doon. They are part of a local government unit that is supervised by the executive department through the DILG. So, kaya, pwede siyang tumakbo doon. Eh? Walang pagbabawal doon sa pagtakbo niya bilang uh, uh, mayor ng Maynila. Pero itong uh, pagtakbo na sinasabi ni Presidente Duterte na tatakbo siyang vice-presidente, ah, yan po ay talagang hindi pwede. Kasi base sa espiritu ng konstitusyon, yung sinasabi kong konstitusyonalism, hindi pwede ma-interpret ang batas na pabor sa kanya. Kasi may dedihado ang mga taong katulad ni Bien Lorke, halimbawa, na gusto rin maging vice-presidente. Hindi para sa magiging laban. Kasi ang pag-interpreta, ng any provision sa konstitusyon na medyo malabo ay dapat katig sa mga uh, prinsipyo ng katarungan at fair play. Hindi yun magiging fair play para kay uh, Mr. Lorke kung gusto rin siyang maging interesado pagtakbo ng vice presidente ang kakalabanin niya ay isang nakaupong pangulo ng Pilipinas. Hindi patas ang laban niya. Kaya yan ay hindi pwedeng gawin niya. Kaya nga sinabi ko na pag uh, ginawa yun ni Presidente Duterte, mukhang uh, ginagago niya lalo itong 1987 Constitution. Eh lalo niyang binabasura itong ating 1987 Constitution. Kaya nga, dapat palitan na yan. Hindi naman ang ngayari. Nakikita natin dito sa ating uh, pagdiskusyon ngayon sa sinasalita kong mga uh, subject matter na ito, 
na may pattern na itong ating 1987 Constitution sitting lord with impunity at ang ito ng mga nasa poder ay uh, kasama doon katulad ng political dynasty law i-ignore nila yon at kung wala naman doon yung sinasabi nilang pagpaparisay ng era gumawa sila ng invention constructive recognition uh, re uh, resignation para matanggal si era so it is now a constitution of convenience Kung ano gusto nilang gawin, i-inventuhin nila kahit wala doon. Yung nando doon na dapat gawin, hindi nila ginagawa. At tulad nga ng sinabi ko, yung uh, artikulo 12, na pag-takeover ng mga ilaw at tubig para mababaan ng mga sinisingil sa atin, hindi ginagawa yun. So, <coughs> si Constitution of Convenience. Huh? Saka, ang conclusion dyan is that hindi na tayo government of law. Hindi na tayo uh, sumusunod sa saligang batas. Tayo ngayon ay isang uh, pamahalaan ng mga uh, tao na kung anong gusto nila, yun ang mangyayari. We now are a government of men, not a government of laws. So, ibasura na yung constitution na yan, alisin na yan. So, ngayon, iwanan mo natin ang topic na yan. Puntahan natin itong uh, darating nating eleksyon sa 2022 at palagay ko, dahil sa napakalaki ng mga padded voters dyan, halos 12 million, talagang magkakaroon ng dayaan grande sa election 2022. At yan ay magiging daan para sa isang, lalo na ngayong uh, uh, naglabasan na yung mga iniendorsong kandidato, yan ay magiging daan para sa isang uh, uh, very corrupt or more corrupt na bongo presidency sa 2022. Bakit mangyayari yan? Kasi inunahan na nila ng uh, pandadaya doon sa PDP laban, tinakeover nila at nagpaboto sila ng mga padded members para matanggal nila si Pacquiao at para ma-endorso nila ang tandem na Go at Duterte darating na eleksyon. Go bilang presidente at Duterte bilang vice-presidente. At sinimulan na nila yung uh, mga demolition job laban sa mga potential presidential candidates nakatulad ni Yorme at saka katulad ni Pacman. Dinatanong gusto. Pati yung si Kipuloy na appointed son of God daw eh ganun. Banat ng banat kay Pacman. Hinahanapan ng diploma si Pacman. Eh sabi ko kung ganun si Kipuloy eh hinahanapan din natin na siya ng appointment papers niya nagpapatunay na siya ay appointed son of God. Ayun. Ang ating Comelec Smartmatic Sabi niyo na digong tatanggalin niya yan. Ibibiglakin yeah, naman ang boto natin ng tama. Pero hindi lang nangyayari yan ngayon. Kaya ngayon, nandiyan ang Smartmatic. Ngayon, ang Comelec, ang anim dyan na members ng Comelec, pito lang ang ating Comelec, uh, Comelec members sa komisyon. Eh. Yan ay, uh, anim yan ay appointed na ni digong. Ang anim dyan. Ayun, itong kaysa itang hindi niya appointed, itong si uh, Sheriff Abbas, appointed yan ni Noinoy. Noy. Pero si Digong ang nag-promote niyan bilang uh, chairman ng Comelec. So ngayon, sa unang tingin pa lang, nandyan ang mga padded voters, nandyan ang Smartmatic, at nandyan ang uh, dominado ni Digong yung mga appointees niya sa Comelec. So, the ability to cheat is there. And the legal cover after the fact of cheating is also there. Kasi fact ang komelek ng mga Duterte appointees. 
Oh. Yan ay isang fact na kailangan nating uh, tingnan. Okay? Ngayon, yung pera, tungkol sa pera ng eleksyon. Pabigat ang kailangan pera sa eleksyon pag uh, tatakbo kang presidente o vice-presidente. Pero yan, yung war chest na yan ay handa na. Kasi maraming money-making schemes dyan na nangyari sa pagkontrola ng importasyon ng uh, bigas. Uh, naalala nyo, nag-away yan si, natanggal sa Malacanang si John Ibasco. Kasi nag-agawan yan si Bongo at si John Ibasco sa pagkontrol dyan ng uh, rice importation. So umalis na lang si John Ibasco, tumakbong governor sa Bohol, pero parang nayari pa rin siya doon. Hindi siya tinulungan masyado, kaya talo siya. Pera-pera nangyari doon sa Bohol. Saka ngayon, itong mga behest loans na nangyayari dyan sa Dabao Mafia, uh, nakita natin na sobra-sobra na yung mga inuutang na pera nitong isang crony ni Ligom, si Dennis Uy, lampas na sa mga ratio niya o what is uh, pwede pang ipahiram siya ng banko, kaya kailangan meron ng ibang klaseng influensya para lalo siya makahiram para sa mga lumalago niyang negosyo. At siya ay biglang napunta sa top 10 ng Forbes list dito sa mga mas mayaman, pinakamayaman sa Pilipinas. At nakita na rin natin, yung pinag-usapan natin nung tayo yung nag-question hour, itong mga parang dispalinghadong pamamaraan ng uh, pag-ayos uh, uh, ng ating pandemic. Eh kasi maraming perang kinagawa dyan sa ating response na yan. At saka lumaki masyadong ating utang galing sa ordinaryong uh, Parang 8 uh, something, 8 uh, billion lang ba yun? Or 8, uh, 8 trillion ba yun? Napunta na ngayon sa 11 or 12 trillion. No? At yan, pag nag-negotiate tayo ng mga utang natin, yung mga ating uh, financial managers, meron niyang sinasabing haircut. Yung parang maliit na maliit na trim, maaaring 0.001% or one na nagiging commission yan. Kaya gustong gusto nila kung namalagay ang utang natin, nagkakakomisyon sila dyan. Pero lubog sa utang ng taong bayan. External loans yan. So, tungkol naman sa ngayong plano nilang eleksyon at saka yung Smartmatic na yan, ang gusto nilang gawin ay magkaroon ng mga pito o limang grupo na tatakbo para sa pagkapangulo. Nang sa gayon, yung uh, legitimate vote na nandi dyan, yung talagang hindi padded, ay mahati-hati. So pag uh, minority ang mga lamang nila, minority uh, pluralities lang yan, madaling madagdagan ng dagdag bawas galing doon sa mga padded voters na ngayon ay mga 12 million na ngayon sa Comelec. Yan ay batay sa pag-aaral ng pag-increase ng ating populasyon at pag-increase ng ating uh, registered voters. Noong uh, election from 2016 to 2019, yun pong ating uh, mga... Uh, populasyon ay nag-increase lamang po ng 4.5 million. 4.5 million. Pero, yung increase ng ating registered voters mula 2016 hanggang 2019 ay 9.3 million. Ngayon, kahit na ang lahat ng increase ng population natin ay biglang naging 18 years old para makapag-register sila. Eh, bakit? 4.5 million lang sila. Bakit ang increase ng ating registered voters ay 9.3 million? Saan ang galing yun? Sa katunayan pa nga, yung 4.5 million na increase ng population, 2.7 lang yan ang 18 years old and above. Yun lang ang pwedeng mag-register. So nag sila ng mga 6.3 to 7 million voters. 
Ngayon, noong Pebrero na karaan, ngayong taong ito, nagtanggal ang COMELEC ng 7 million. Sinabi na, oh, nalinis na namin ang uh, padded boats. Hindi yun totoo. Kasi mula pa noong 1987, dagdag ng dagdag ng padded boaters yan sa COMELEC. Yung mga patay, hindi nila inaalis. Yung mga nagtatransfer ng uh, boating rights, uh, boating precincts, hindi rin nila inaalis. Nagkakataon ng duplicate uh, uh, registry. Tapos, karamihan dyan, yung mga nag-a-abroad na hindi naman nagre-register sa kanilang mga presinto abroad, yun ay ginagago nila, ginagamit din nila yung mga yun. Nakikita nila yan eh. Tapos yung uh, dahil sa sila rin ang gumagawa at sila rin nag, ang, uh, nagkakandak ng mga registry para sa mga 15 years old na baboto sa barangay election ng, sa, ng samahang kabataan, kabataan barangay, yun ay pinapadin nila, ginagapinopromote nila yun ng 18 years old para makadagdag sa padding nila. Maraming paraan ng pagpadding. Yan ay naging 14 million na noong 2019, noong 2019. Pero ang tinanggal lang nila na nakaraang Pebrero ay 7 million lang. So mayroon pang nagkikirap ng 7 million din. Ngayon, tuloy ang kanilang registration. Dami-dami na daw. Sa estimate ko, nung huli nilang nilabas yung registered voters nila, ay ang tingin ko, mga 10 to 12 million na ang kanilang padded voters sa ngayon. At maaaring magdagdag pa yan kasi ang registration is going on until September 30. So, para sa isang uh, kampanya na katulad ng presidente, mamanipulihin nila yan kasi ang kailangan mong uh, pera dyan ay mga para makaharvest ka ng uh, uh, 20 million votes. Yan ang dapat na makuha ng isang mananalong presidente sa ngayon kasi nag-increase ng lahat ng botante. Gagastos ka dyan ng bawat isang boto na i-harvest mo mga 1,000. So ang dapat na magasto para sa isang election campaign ng isang presidential candidate katulad ni Bongo ay mga 20 billion, 20 billion pesos para maging presidente si Bongo. Saan saan kukunin niyan? Ang gagawin niyan, yung mga LGU na mga may project, lalaruin ng SARO yung special allocation release order at lalaruin niyan na hindi bibigay kung hindi lilinya doon sa gusto nilang suportahan kandidato. Ganon din ang mga lahat ng public funds na mayroong mga pagmumbud sa tao tulad ng mga special assistance, yung mga DSW, yung mga kung ano-ano pang mga uh, assistance to, and grants to farmers. Mamanipulihin nila yan basta may legal cover para masuportahan ang kampanya ni Bongo. Tapos yung mga yan lahat ay aabot yan uh, legal, illegal expenses, pati yung budget nila para sa pagbayad sa mga daya ng Smartmatic at Comelec sa sindikato, abot siya ng mga 1,000 pesos kada isang boto. So, yung 20 million na kailangan boto times 1,000, talagang 20 billion yan. Yan ang minimum. Mas marami pa dyan ang mangyayari. Kasi meron namang mga makukuhang mga donation sila sa mga tatakutin nilang mga contributors. Hindi kayo magbigay, yari kayo. So, ngayon, Uh, maaring marami pang pera pagka panalo si Bongo pagkatapos niyang manalo marami pang uh, hindi magagastos yan ang para, yan ang yan ang realidad ng ating election on the magnitude of this uh, cheating and of course this financial buy off na kinikwento ko ay hindi makakaela sa mga uh, militar natin 
So ang mangyayari dyan, yung mga militar na ito na medyo may pag-iisip ng para sa bayan ay hindi masyadong masaya. At magkakaroon ng restiveness o pagkamagulo uh, yung ating uh, military pagkatapos maging presidente itong si Bongo. Na binili lang nila sa papamanggitan ng mga sinasabi kong uh, pamamaraan. So ang mangyayari ngayon dyan, katulad ng panahon ni Gloria, nung dinaya niya si uh, FPJ, maraming magkukulita ng mga sundalo. Marami ng mga plano ng mga kudita labang kay Gloria. So para mawala yan, bibilhin niya ni Bongo ng kung ano-anong mga budget para sa mga militar para tumahimik sila. Bigyan ng mga pera itong mga maiingay ng mga sundalo. At maraming corrupt deals na ibibigay sa kanila. Kaya maraming mga budol-budol corruption celebration sa mga military camp pagkatapos maging presidente ni Bongo para masawata yung mga, para, mga kudita na mangyayari. Dahil sa pandaraya nila sa eleksyon. Ngayon, going forward, a barely surviving Bongo administration ay mapupunta rin sa corruption kasi may susunod na namang kandidato nila sa ating presidential system na bulok na bulok. Ah, dadami naman ng uh, corruption kasi maghahanda na naman para sa 2028 election. And that vicious cycle goes on and on in this rotten presidential system that we have. Ang uh, nakakatawa nito ay kung ang purpose lang naman ni Presidente Digong ay mag-continue siya in power, hindi na niya kailangan gawin itong uh, parang uh, ipuprunta <coughs> niya si Bongo at siya ay magbabice President si Bongo. Ang pwede niyang gawin ay since basa na nga, basahan na nga itong ating 1987 Constitution, equal na yan. Alisin na yan mag-shift siya doon sa 1899 Constitution, which is a parliamentary government, kaya magiging prime minister siya for life kung gusto niya. O mas maigi pa yan kaysa ipwersa itong pagiging uh, presidente ni Bongo in a what I call a dog and pony show uh, dito sa gagawing uh, parsical election sa 2022. So, Anong, anong paraan para masawata ito at umalis tayo dito sa rotten presidential system na sinasabi ko? Yun nga, sinabi ko na i-hibernate natin ang constitution na parang reset button ng ating uh, parliamentary government. Ang ito magsasabi, ba't tayo babalik sa nakaraan? Laos na yan, hindi na yan pwede. Yun pong uh, constitution ng United States, nung mag-revolusyon sila, wala, wala muna silang resolusyon. Uh, constitution noon eh, noong 1776. Nabuo lang yung kanilang constitution noong 1789 nung maratify na ng 13 colonies na naging separate states ng pag-rebelde nila sa Britannia. Yung 1789 constitution nila, yan pa rin ang kanilang constitution hanggang ngayon. Nilagyan lang nila ng uh, 32 na susog o amend, amend, amendment o amendments na ngayon ay uh, 27 pa lang ang nararatify. So, ang ating 1899 Constitution, ang pagratify kasi doon ng Constitution sa states ay bawat state dapat magratify. So, kahit na pinasana ng kanilang Constituent Assembly in joint uh, assemble doon Congress nila, Senate at kanilang Congress, hindi pa rin, hindi pa rin uh, immediately ratified yun kasi isa-isa, yung bawat Kongreso at Senado rin ng bawat state kasi Federal System ng Amerika Pag-ratify din nung kanilang mga amendments hanggang sa ma-approve ng lahat ng states. Saka lang magiging enforcing effect ang isang amendment na gagawin nila. 
Kaya yung ating constitution na 1899, maski may mga kakulangan yan, madaling maayos yan. Madaling magkaroon ng amendments. Meron na nga ginawang komisyon noon ng CJ Puno, yung bayanihan constitution na pwedeng isusog yan sa ating 1899 constitution. Ang mahalaga, pag tayo mag-shift sa 1899 constitution, immediately, mawawala tayo sa presidential system at tayo magkakaroon ng parliament. At ang parliament ay mas maganda kasi ang taong napupunta sa presto na head of government, katulad ng prime minister, na talaga nagmamaneho ng ating mga development, ng mga pera, ekonomiya, at iba. So may balance of power. Ngayon, magkakaroon ba ng problema na mag-aaway sila? Hindi. Kasi yung apat na persa ng France ay divided into a national police na yung magkogawa ng national police matters. At saka meron ding uh, riot police na naghahanda sa mga potential na mga demonstrasyon. At meron ding municipal police na mga controlled ng mga mayor. At meron ding grupo ng uh, sinasabing gendarmes, special forces ng military, na pinapahiram nila sa prime minister para tumulong sa mga crimes that are very violent at hindi kaya ng normal na police work. So makikita mo na nandiyan pa rin ang poder ng presidente sa pagkontrol ng military. At ang ginagawang poder ng prime minister ay tungkol lang sa mga ibang bagay na halos ng military and the police powers. So, yun ang uh, 1973. Pero pagdating noong uh, 1987 Constitution, nayari na naman tayo ng Amerika. 1987 Constitution ay para lang baga na American Protectorate Constitution. Kasi yung 1987 Constitution ay hindi mangyayari kung hindi kinidnap ng mga Amerikano si President Marcos at tinala sa Hawaii. Sa palagay nyo kaya kung si Marcos ay nandoon sa Hawaii, sa Ilocos Norte, Nakakadeklara ba si Cory Aquino ng revolutionary government at nakakagawa siya ng 1987 constitution? Talagay ko hindi. Kasi babawiin ni Marcos yung kanyang natural na poder bilang halal na pangulo noong 1970-1983 o 1986. Kasi batay sa dokumento ng mga lumalabas ngayon, talaga namang nahalal siya. Sa presidente ng panahon na yun sa snap election. So, bakit ko sinasabi niya ang 1987 Constitution ay isa ring American Protectorate Constitution? Naalala ninyo noong 1989 sa inyo na mga may kamulatan na noon. Nagkaroon ng isang kudita na hawak na halos nila gringo at nila enrile yung lahat ng military resources ng ating bansa noong 1989. Pero nagpakampi si Tori sa Amerikano, nagpalipad ang Amerikano ng mga... Aeroplano galing sa Clark Base, nandun pa ang Clark Air Base noon at dinirayo yung mga aeroplano ng mga ila gringo na bumabomba na sa Malacanang. Kaya, yung ating 1987 Constitution ay American Protectorate Constitution pa rin. Ang tanging 1989 Constitution lang ang Constitution na ginawa na walang impluensya sa mga dayuhan. Kaya, yun ang tatuo nating Constitution And that is the constitution that we are going back to. Kasi doon ang true Filipino constitution. At nasabi ko na, meron ng mga etymological, historical problems yung 1987 constitution, binaboy pa ang political class. Hindi sinusunod, ginawang basahan. Kaya dapat iwanan na natin yun. At i-dehibernate natin ang ating malolos constitution.
Paano gagawin yun? It will be done by the proclamation of the sitting president. Yung nga sinasabi ko kay Digo. Hindi na siya kailangan na paggawa-gawa ng drama na tatakbo siyang vice-presidente. At ang kanyang uh, pawn, ang gagawin, ang front niya, ang pang-frontera niya ay si Bongo. Hindi na niya kailangan gawin yun. Gumawa lang siya ng proclamation. Sa halimbawa ganito, proclamation number XX, series of 2021, kasi 2021 na ngayon. Sabihin niya, I, Rodrigo Duterte Eroa, by circumstance and development of events during the dormancy of the 1899 Constitution, now recognized by extant laws in the interregnum as President of the Philippines and Commander-in-Chief of its Armed Forces, recognizes that the Assembly of Representatives of the Nation in 1899 and President Emilio Aguinaldo Ifami by virtue of sovereign powers vested in them, had decreed and sanctioned the political constitution of the state done at Malolos on the 21st of January in the year 1899 to be now in force and effect. Therefore, I command all the authorities civil as well as military of whatever class or rank to keep it and cause it to be kept, complied with and executed in all its parts because it is the sovereign will of the Filipino people. Guidance from this office will be issued in accordance with the 49 transitory provisions as sanctioned in this 1899 Constitution of the Republic. By powers vested in me as President of the Republic, done in the city of Manila, Malacanang, on the 1st of September, 2021, of a living decree from our heroes speaking and directing us to follow their hallowed legitimate commands across the generations? No. You say, you may say, maraming pasasabi dyan, tagal na yan, hindi na pwede yan. Bakit? Meron bang statute of limitations para sa mga historic rights and assertions na binili ng dugo tawis at luha ng ating mga ninuno, ng ating mga bayani. Paragay ko, wala. After we have asserted this with enforcement by our armed forces, alam nyo, yung ating army ay 124 years old. Galing yan sa army. Yung ating navy ay 123 years old. Galing yan sa flotilla na kinapture nila from the Spanish at ginawa nila noong 1898. Yan, ang mag i nitong ating pagbalik sa 1899 Constitution. Kasi doon naman sila nanggaling, sila nagpasimula noon. Sila ang armed force na gumawa noon ng kanilang institutional descendants na katipunan army at katipunan navy. Example, itong sinasabi natin ng iba na mayroon ng statute of limitation. Wala na. Hindi na yan pwede. Laws na yan. Matagal na yan. 
eh, bakit natin binalik yung ating uh, Independence Day from uh, July 4 at ating kinatigan yung June 12 na siyang pagdeklara ng ating independence. Yan ba ay kengkoy lamang at hindi natin sinusunod yung batas, saligang batas na kasama ng pagdeklara noon na ang walang iba kundi ang 1899 Philippine Constitution. Example ng uh, walang uh, hanggang pagkakilala at pagkaroon uh, ng kapangyarihan ng konstitusyon na yan na ating uh, ginawa noong 1899. Ang bansang Israel, wala siyang narecognize na statute of limitations sa mga krimen or crimes committed against them as a race and as, as, as a religion. We, tayo mga Pilipino, should likewise not recognize any statute of limitations committed against our nation and a heroic generation of our people. Sila Rizal, sila Antonio Luna, sila Bonifacio, lahat sila na nangamatay ng panahon na yun. At saka sila din, nagbartir si Rizal, siya ay pinatay. Dahil sa kanyang kamatayan, nagkaroon ng, uh, tayo ng himagsikan. Nagkaroon tayo ng mga elehidong asemblea na gumawa nitong 1899 Constitution. Ang kamatayan ni Rizal, ating pagkibigyan uh, ng pagpugay hanggang ngayon. Pero ang produkto ng kanyang kamatayan, hindi natin binibigyan ng kahalagahan, ay malaking kalokohan ho yan. Ngayon, yung Spanish Parliament mismo, na ating kalaban na nasyon noong 1890. Noong, noong uh, 2001, ang kanilang parliament ay nag-recognize. Narecognize po nila ang ating 1899 Republic. Ang Amerika hanggang ngayon, hindi nila narecognize itong ating Philippine Republic of 1899. Kasi kung kanila yun, uh, uh, kung kanilang bigyan ng halaga iyon, nalabas na sila po ay kumawa ng unlawful aggression against a trusting, fledgling, allied nation na kasama nila sa paggera sa Espanya. Yan ang historic double cross na ginawa sa atin ng mga Amerikano. Pagkatapos tayong gamitin laban sa Espanyol, tayo ay sinakop. Dahil nagka-interes sila sa ating lupain lupaing sinasabi ng ating kanta lupain ng gintot bulaklak kinuha nila yung mga Spanish Royal Chartered Mines kinuha nila na yun yung ating mga iba pang mga ari-arian kinuha rin nila yung mga dating hawak ng Espanya yung Guam kinuha nila yung Marianas kinuha nila yung Palau kinuha nila yan po ay dating hawak ng mga Espanyol na tinalo ng ating mga magigiting na bayani ng 1899. Dinobol cross po tayo. At ngayon, kailangan tayo ngayon ay may katayahan para ituwid ang kamaliang nagawa sa atin. Bakit hindi natin ginagawa? Yan ang tanong sa ating mga leader ngayon. At pag ito ay nangyari, If and when this happens, with 
a parliament in Not place. Right. Pagbalik natin sa 1899 Constitution, ang ating kasaysayan ay mababago at magkakaroon tayo ng tunay na pagbabago, hindi joke only. Hmm. Ano wala ako ha? I am now ready, uh, Mr. Ato. Speaker, to entertain questions and interpolations. Thank you very much. May ask a question po, Sir Hillo. Ano pong possible uh, na impacto Mr. Speaker, I am asking a question now. Po. May I move to be recognized? I think Ben is occupied. Okay, go ahead. <clears throat> okay. Ano po mga yari sa mga voted voters, party voters, na yung possible na mag-change tayo ulit? Ano yung tanong mo? Anong tanong mo, Janka? Pakiulit lang kasi hindi masyadong malinaw. Okay. Ano po ang possible na mangyayari sa bad voters kung magpalit tayo? Anong mangyayari sa ano? Sa mga sa padded voters. Sa padded voters? Hindi eh maabolis oh. yung comment kasi walang, walang protection na constitutional protection yung ating uh, Walang komilek sa 1899 Constitution. Pagbalik natin sa 1899 Constitution, abolish yan siya. Tanggal. Wala na. Ngayon, yung record na yan, babukuhin natin yan, ayusin natin lahat yan, magpaparegister tayo ng panibago bago tayo tumawag ng parliamentary elections. Uh, pasensya muna kayo dahil naga, nagluloko ang uh, internet ko kaya kumisan na nawalaan ako ng signal. Okay. So, nasagot ko ba ang tanong mo, uh, uh, Giancarlo? Pakikost ako, sir. Ha? Nasagot na. Nasagot po. Okay. So, pwede mo lang ibaba yung kamay mo para makapagtanong ng iba. Sino pa ang mga gustong magtanong? Si Melo. Si Melo, nakataas ang kamay niya. Okay. Hindi, hindi. Nagluloko lang ang uh, internet, ang uh, signal lang ng friend. Ah, okay. So, wala nang gustong magtanong na iba? Klaro yung aking kwenento sa inyo? Hindi ako parinig. Take over mo muna dyan. Bago, uh, Professor Hill, uh, take over mo muna habang uh, unstable ang aming signal dito. Okay, I will take over as a speaker, but I am also being interpolated. So I will recognize those who are asking questions. So, Ms. Silva, mga may tanong ko dyan. Aaron, Tony Aaron, is that Tony Aaron there? Or uh, who would like to ask questions about what I just delivered, which is a return to the 1899 Constitution. Makuhos mo na si Makuhos mo na si Mel Kasi nagluloko ang signal ko Si Mel Okay Hindi pa sir, hindi pa 
At saka, ikot si Sis Katan, kung uh, halimbawa naka, ano ka, naka, nakarinig ka, paki-unmute paki mo kasi isa yun nagugulo dyan ang aso mo. Sino yung may aso? Si Tan. Tan? Yan, Sis Katan. Naka-mute na si Tan ah. Uh, the only things that are not muted is uh, yung mellow. Oh no, I'm mute na ngayon. Okay. So, any more questions from the uh, those who heard my talk? I, I'm not sure if everybody. Any questions from Wilma, uh, Jessica Tan, from Robert, uh, Dr. Posadas, and also from Fireflies? So, Everybody agrees with what I said? Nobody is asking a question? We are all now partisans of the 1899 movement and we will ask uh, and make the effort to uh, do it and uh, make it a reality. Okay. Where the no, concept I talked about clear, claro balahat, and everybody accepted it and had no disagreement with me at all. There's a new person, Ronald Ortigliano, but he did not hear my talk. So, you'll link my. Mustafa, Ronald Ortigliano. Good morning po, good morning. Kararat ka kasi set up pa lang po ng ano namin projector eh. Pasensya na po. Maulan po, right? Maulan po dito ngayon sa Tacloban City, Region 8. Okay. I just talked about the return to the 1899 Constitution. I delivered a privileged speech before January. And I am now open for interpolations and questions. No question from Fireflies. No questions from uh, Robert Posadas. No questions from Wilma. Wilma Mancinelio, you are recognized. My question si Giancarlo. Oh, mapapakul ni ba yung sa education system para umabalik pa yung sa 1899 Congress? Ah, constitution natin. Kung bumalik tayo sa ating 1899 Constitution, siyempre, ang ating uh, pagtuturo ng ating kasaysayan o history ay mapapalitan din. Dahil sa ang ating 1899, ang, pagkaka, ang pagtuturo ngayon ng ating kasaysayan sa mga espelahan natin ay hindi ayon sa 
ating paningin sa mga totoong nangyari ng mga uh, development o mga uh, dokumento at posisyon ng ating mga uh, political reality. Kasi halimbawa lang, itong mga kwento tungkol sa ating mga founding fathers, hindi na, hindi na ito na ikwento ng gusto sa ating kasaysayan. At yan ay babaguhin natin. Ang isang example niya, lahat ngayon ng ating mga abogado, pag sila ay magkakaroon ng mga presidents, ang tinitingnan lang nilang president sa ating jurisprudence saka sa legislation natin ay hanggang, hanggang doon lamang sa 1935 Constitution. Hindi sinasali ang mga nangyaring kapasehan noong ating 1898 government, ng ating 1899 government. Walang, uh, walang uh, sinasabing uh, uh, parang... Uh, Ewan ko, hindi ako abogado kasi para walang president value pag nangyari noong 1899. Ang ating legislation as well as jurisprudence. Kasi ang dinideuse lang ng ating legal profession ay ang 1935 Constitution. At sinabi ko naman, ang ating 1935 Constitution ay isang American puppet constitution. Kinakailangan ng pirma ng presidente ng Amerika, si Franklin Delano Roosevelt, para maisakotoparan ang mga batas ng 1935 Constitution. At pinakialaman nila yung paggawa nito. Kasi ano ang ginawang istruktura ng uh, pamahalaan ng ating uh, mga ninuno? Dahil sa alam nila na tayo ay iba-ibang ethno-linguistic groups, iba-ibang grupo, Kapampangan, Ilocano, Cebuano, Iligaynon, Waray. Ang kanilang ginawa ang penater nila yon doon sa Spanish Cadiz Constitution. Kasi ang Cadiz Constitution ng Espanyol na nagkaroon ng Brief Republic noong 1860, yung Espanyol parang mga tribo-tribo din eh. Katulad natin, mayroong Catalan, mayroong Aragon, mayroong mga iba-ibang silang grupo. Kaya minabuti nilang parliament yung kandilang sistema. Para ang iba-ibang grupo, iba-ibang pangkat ay magkoalisyon para mabigyan ng uh, sapat na atensyon ang bawat interes ng iba't ibang grupo. Ang ginawa sa atin ng Amerikano, inimpost nila yung sistemang presidential sa ating uh, uh, body politic na hindi angkop sa ating sistema. Kaya ang nangyari, uh, hindi maganda ang development natin pang politika. Ang bagay talaga sa atin ay isang parlamento. At yon ay binago nila. Pinagpilitan nila ang kanilang sistema kasi sinakop nila tayo. Kung hindi nila tayo pinakialaman noon, meron tayong sariling paraan kung paano tayo magkakaroon ng pamahalaan sa atin na yon ay isang parlamento. At yon ang dapat maintindihan ng kasagsagan ng ating kabataan ngayon at ang mga leaders natin ngayon. Na dapat bumalik tayo doon sa original na forma na ginawa para sa atin ang ating mga ninuno. Kasi alam nila yung ating eksperyensya ng apat na, apat na taon, uh, uh, apat na daang taon nang tayo ay nagiging isang buong uh, bansa sa ilalim ng uh, Espanya. 
At uh, kaya di ba, ang una nilang hinihingi noon bago nagkaroon ng himagsitan, maging probinsya tayo ng Espanya. Pero dahil sa kalukuhan ng mga parele at dahil pag-aabuso ng mga gobernador general, eh hindi natuloy yun. Nagkaroon ng totoong paghihimagsitan at paghihiwalay sa Espanya. Na sinamantala naman itong uh, rival power na Amerikano na siyang nagra-rise noon laban sa Espanya at tayo ay sinakop. Imbis na tayo pakawalan. Sabi nga ni Admiral Dewey noon, ang mga Pilipino ay mas handa sa self-government kesa sa mga Kubano. Bakit yung Kubano hindi nila sinakop? Bakit yung ating bansa sinakop nila? Kasi kailangan nila tayo sa kanilang pagpunta at pagsali uh, pag, uh, sa pagsasakop naman ng China at makakuha sila ng trade sitwasyon sa China. Kaya, Pinira tayo. Actually, maraming mga Amerikano noon na lumaban sa pagsakop sa atin ng mga Amerikano. Isa na dyan yung sikat na author na si Mark Twain, si Samuel Clemens. He wrote against the taking over of the Philippines in a position paper na marami siyang sinulat. Ganon din ang kandidatong si William Jennings Bryan. Ito rin ay hindi niya hindi niya kinayagan sa kanyang mga uh, pagkakampanya na basta lang siya ay sumanib sa mga gustong sumakop sa Pilipinas. Tatlong presidential campaign niya na away niya ang lahat ng Amerika dahil doon. Ang isang mayamang Amerikano noon, si Andrew Carnegie, sabi niya sa Kongreso ng Amerika, ibabalik ko sa inyo ang binayad na yung 20 million dollars para sa, sa Espanya na binayad niyo sa Espanya para masakop niyo ang Pilipinas. Basta pakawalan niyo ang mga Pilipino. So hanggang ngayon, nasa kasaysayan yung mga sinabing yan. At dapat lang ngayon na ang mga Pilipino-Americans na, na ngayon ay nasa Amerika rin, maintindihan ito. Na ang mga Amerikano na totoong Amerikano noong unang paman ay galit na sa panalakop ng Amerika sa Pilipinas. Pero ang karamihan ng Pilipino-Americans ngayon, kaya ako'y nahihirapang may kipag-usap sa kanila, ay mas Amerikano pa ang panalaw kaysa totoong Amerikano. Kanina kikita ang ating kasaysayan batay sa paningin nila as a Pilipino. So, Carlo, are you satisfied with the answer? Please unmute and answer. Carlo Iwai, please unmute. And are you satisfied with that answer of Professor Hill? Mukhang okay naman. Okay siya. So, are there any questions coming from Maria Santa or Cheska Tan? And there's a new person here, June Mark Insad. You can also ask questions, even if I need to repeat myself, it's okay with me. Kasi hindi mo naabutan yung main speech ko. Professor Hill, I would like to remind everybody to respect the Robert's rule. Because sometimes we cannot understand each other if we are mixing things. That's what we are talking about uh, history and uh, some uh, problem in education has to be inserted. 
So I don't think so that that is uh, proper. So uh, I would like to remind everyone to respect the Robert's rule. Thank you. May we hear from June Mark Insag? Please unmute and say something. John Mark, are you still here? Or anybody yeah, yeah. here? Uh, I, I maybe they're all just listening. Maybe the uh, the topic that I have covered is just really part one of uh, what I'm saying, the shift to 1899 constitution. I was expecting questions of uh, that would say, Papano natin gagawin yan sa detalye? Pero parang, Walang interest kayo dyan kung paano natin gagawin? How will we actually do it? Uh, kasi ang nangyayari... Ano mangyayari sa Senado? Ang nangyayari... Ano mangyayari sa Kongreso? Natin ngayon. Pag tayo ay... Pag yung decree na sinasabi ko ay gawin ni Digong, hindi niyo ba naisip yun na may mga uh, opisyalis tayo na nasa pwesto ngayon na kakalaban sa ating uh, proposal? Anong gagawin nila? Naisip niyo ba yan? Pag tayo lumipat sa parliamentary system, yung Senado ga-aalma yan kasi mawawasak sila, eh, mawawala sila. Yung mga oligarko ngayon na Namihasa ng makipag-usap sa mga mangilan-ginan lang tao sa executive department para magawa nila ang kandilang mga negosyo. Maninibago yan kasi dumating yung question hour pag gumawa sila ng mga medyo maling mga proposal sa mga business, mabibisto ka agad yan. So yan ay magre-reklamo. Yan ay magiging kalaban natin. Kaya kung meron mang presidential candidate na magsimulang resilita dito na siya ay Parang nakikita niyo ba na tatakbos ang presidente pero ang gusto niyang gawin ay lumipat kaagad sa parliamentary system. Parang gagastos siya ng malaki at gagawa siya ng malaking effort para lang mapunta sa pagiging presidente para lang buwagin niya ang presidential system at pumunta sa parliament. Nakikita niyo ba yung problema ngayon? Ganon din ang mga kandidatong senador ngayon. Sila ay magiging kandidatong senador pero pagpunta sa parliament, ang buong senado maabolis. Unless mag-provide ng parang upper house yung parliament. Na ginagawa ng kwa na, pini, na, pini, na pinipilit o ina-adjust ng bayanihan ng constitution. Pero kung ang naging desisyon ay isang unicameral parliament, walang upper, hindi bicameral, anong ngayari dyan? Isang kwan lang. Kasi doon sa Britannia, kahit meron silang sinasabing House of Lords at saka House of Commons, ang totoong uh, kapangyarihan ay nandun sa House of Commons. Yung House of Lords parang palamuti na lang, parang kung ano aprobahan ng Commons, nag-agree din sila. Kasi dahil sa kanilang istorya, meron sila ng mga nobility na naging members of the House of Lords kasi hereditary positions yun eh. Hindi yun elected. Ang elected positions ng talaga sa Britannia ay yung House of Commons. Kaya ang totoong kapangyarihan ay nasa House of Commons. Katulad din ng uh, kapangyarihan na nasa Prime Minister. Wala sa Queen o wala sa King ng England. 
ang king at saka queen, yun lang ang para silang seremonya, sila ang uh, parang pumipirma uh, ng dissolution ng parliament kung nagkaroon ng parang loss of confidence, pero wala talaga silang tunay na kapangyarihan. Dahil yan ang istorya nila. Halimbawa, doon sa mga bansang iba na may parliament, katulad nung uh, Japan at saka noong uh, Germany, dahil naman sila ay dating uh, uh, losing powers ng World War II, hindi rin sila merong malakas na presidency. Kaya ang powers nila nandun lahat sa prime minister. At saka hindi sila allowed na magkaroon ng totoong army. Ngayon-ngayon lang nagkakaroon na ng konting-konting pagbabago tungkol doon. Pero yung mga parliament ng Austria, par parliament ng uh, uh, ng uh, uh, Pransya, okay? parliament din ng uh, uh, New Zealand at Australia, yung kanilang uh, prime minister at saka yung kanilang presidente ay naghahati sa pagkontrol ng kanilang armed force. Palaging ang presidente may hawak ng army, ang uh, prime minister may hawak ng mga polis, kapulisan na under ng kanyang Department of the Interior na meron tayo, na DILG. So hindi lahat ng istruktura ng uh, ating uh, pamahalaan ay matatanggal. Maraming ma-adopt yan. Kaya lang ang mangyayari, tuwing magkakaroon ng parliamentary elections at mayroong majority, yung majority yun, yun ang mga tatao sa lahat ng cabinet positions natin. At sila mismo ay gagawa ng mga paraan para ang mga hindi kailangan mga uh, <coughs> mga posisyon ay ma-rationalize, matanggal, ma-reorganize para mas makapagtipid tayo ang mga babayarang tao sa pamamahala sa ating bansa. Ang aking uh, masasabi lamang sa mga nakikinig sa akin ngayon, tayo ay mag-aral tungkol sa ano ba ang kaibahan ng parliamentarism at saka ng presidential system. Kaya sinabi ko na nga na ang tinatawag ko ang ating presidential system as a rotten system kasi kahit sinong presidente dyan, kahit nakatulad ni Digong na matapang at palaban, nakakain ng sistema. Alala nyo, tapang-tapang niya sa mga oligarko, may namura niya, mga sabi niya. Huwag niyong kalimutan yung pagnanakaw na ginawa ng mga may-ari ng tubig. Yung kanilang pagnanakaw ng uh, koleksyon nila na trilyon-trilyon na. Pero anong nangyari? Pagdating ng COVID-19, sinabihan siya ng mga kanyang kabinete na hawak ng oligarko. Sir, wag mo nang banatan yan kasi nagbibigay sila ng tulong sa mga tao na walang hanap buhay ngayon. Nag-apologize pa siya ngayon. Kaila, kaila Ayala at saka Tepangilinan. At saka mula noon, hindi na niya masyadong uh, pinag-uusapan itong ilaw at tubig. Yung bago niyang ginawang uh, parang uh, kontrata, hindi nga pinapaalam sa atin, tinatago niya. Basta mayroon lang kontrata. Pero nung kamakailan, sabi ni Boots Valdez, kaysa nag-observa ng ating market stocks, tumaas yung mga stocks ng Manila Water at saka ng iwiha ng Prime Water. Ngayon ay may hawak ng mga water contracts. Maaaring pinirmahan na siguro ni Digong yung mga bagong kontrata nila. Pero tahimik lang siya, hindi pinapaalam sa atin. Kumbaga sa totoong diretsong kwentuhan, tayo ay pinagsabihin ni Digong talagang gagawa siya ng tunay na pagbabago. Pero sa kalagitnaan, 
ng kanyang pangangasiwa bilang Pangulo ng Pilipinas. Eh, lumabas yung kanyang sinasabing tunay na pagbabago ay joke only. Kaya ngayon, yung gagawin niya, kung tutuloy talaga niya yung panggagago niya sa ating konstitusyon, na siya itatakbong vice-presidente at ang tao-tao niya sa post-puro na si uh, Bongo ay tatakbong niya ang presidente para siya pa rin na may hawak ng uh, poder, ng kapangyarihan, eh, yun ay kalokohan na. Kaya kailangan siguro hindi na dapat nakatubili ang ating mga protectors of the people na makialam at sawayin ang ganong klaseng pangangasiwa uh, na gusto niyang gawin na lalong manggagago sa ating eleksyon at manggagago sa ating natitirang uh, legitimacy ng 1987 Constitution. Sa lahat ng aking mga kwenento, dapat ibasura na itong 1987 Constitution. Hindi naman nila sinusunod eh. Tatlong taon, hindi nagkaroon ng political dynasty law. Mayroong artikulo 12 na dapat niyang gawin ngayong panahon ng uh, emergency. Hindi niya ginagawa. Nang gusto nilang tanggalin sa ERAP, well, sa ERAP ayaw pumayag doon sa pagbenta ng mga pangangasiwa ng tubig at ilaw sa mga oligarko at kasama na rin sa kanyang gustong pagpulbos sa MNLF na ayaw ng Amerika kasi gagamitin nila yung MNLF at saka yung iba pang mga MILF para sa kanilang pagkontrol ng mga balak nila sa Indonesia, binanatan nila sa ERAP. Dahil wala doon yung hindi talaga nagsasayang sa ERAP, nag-invento sila ng constructive resignation. So yun ay sinasabi ko na ang ating, mga, ang ating gobyerno ngayon ay pamahalaan ng tao, hindi na pamahalaan na batay sa batas, na batay sa saligang batas. Nilalaro lang nila ang ating saligang batas ngayon. Sinabi ko na rin, yung 1987 Constitution ay gawa-gawa na rin ng Amerikano. It's an American Protectorate Constitution. At saka ginago na nga ng mga oligarko at politiko. Traditional politicians natin. Kaya wala nang kahalagahan o wala nang uh, visa o legitimacy yung Constitution na yan. Kaya pwede na niyang iwanan at pwede na siyang pumunta sa isang parliamentary setup. At sinasabi natin... Na Pero alam mo... Professor Valdez, nagtaka, nagtaka ako na uh, kung umikot ka, napakaraming tao na nagreklamo sa uh, bill ng tubig, bill ng kurente, bill ng telepono. Pero nagtaka ako na saan ang freedom at tapang ng mga Pilipino? Nasabi nila, ilabanan natin. Pero uh, nakikita ko, ni isa sa kanila uh, walang tumatayo lumaban. Maliban sa ilan-ilan uh, na talagang uh, lumalaban. Kaya kung minsan mag-rally kami sa Admiral Corps, punta sa uh, kung saan-saan namang uh, ano, wala. Ilan, kung, kung ilan kami na nag-usap-usap, iyon lang din ang makikita mo doon. Ang mga mamamayan na natakot lumaban. So dito tungkol sa pagbayad ng uh, kurente, nasabi natin, tigil natin ang bayad. Hindi natin matigil-tigil to Alam mo kung bakit? Ang mga nasa subdivision, may pira sila pang bayad. Hindi sila apektado dyan sa kahirapan. So, ang mga tao na talagang mahihirap ay hindi makapagbayad. So, napuputulan sila. Pero, wala pa rin silang aksyon o ginagawa na para tayuan ang kanilang mga karapatan. So, ito ay epekto ng uh, 
maling uh, edukasyon natin kasi nung araw napapansin ko dahil sa mga mga nabanggit mo na yan na tungkol sa history ng uh, Asian history, Philippine history and world history nung araw tinuturo yan nalaala ko pa noon nung high school kami yung uh, sinabuto na yan pinag-aralan pa namin yan ngayon wala ka na makita dito lang sa GMRC, nung araw, napakaganda ang good manners and right conduct ng mga tao. Pero sa ngayon, wala na. Nawala ang good manners and right conduct. So doon pa lang nagsisimula na ang solusyon ng problema natin na sa atin, eh, na sa tao. Not unless na ang tao mismo ang magreforma. Pero kung magpatuloy ito, ito na ang sabi nila na ah, yan, it's the end of the world. So, ang kasabihan na of the world naniwala sila doon pero sila rin mismo ang may kagagawan kagaya nito sa lockdown na ito uh, uh, mandatory vaccination ayaw nila magpabaksin sana ngunit nung marinig nila na may ayuda at uh, hindi ka magkuha ng ayuda kung hindi ka magpabaksinate nako ito na ngayon nagsipuntahan sila magpabaksin Pinalit nila ang kanilang karapatan at kanilang buhay, kung totoo na masama yan, sa halagang apat na libo. Which is, to my point of view, it is wrong. So dapat panahon na, panahon na, na baguhin natin ang uh, plano natin na pagbabago para sa kapaganan, hindi lamang sa atin. Tayo eh, medyo may nasa panghuli na pero itong mga huling henerasyon natin ay uh, sana maawa naman tayo sa kanila. Kasi kung magpatuloy ang ganitong sistema, wala mangyari sa buhay ng mga huling henerasyon natin. Kasi kung puro takot ang umiral sa kanila, pero lumalaban sa mga magulang, yan ang pinakamali. Lumalaban sa magulang pero takot lumaban sa makamalian na ginagawa ng ating pamahalaan. So ano sa sa ibadyan na nagkinig uh, pwede niyo madugtungan yan kung ano sa inyo pananaw na mapabuti natin ang kalagayan ng Pilipinas hindi lamang sa atin kundi na kabutihan ng nakakarami sa atin Kasi tama yan ang sinasabi ko minsan ng ibang mga politiko na ang ang mga China ang mga Chinese negosyo muna sila bago mag-aral. Ang Pilipino nag-aral pero walang negosyo. So bandang huli naging employee lang ng insect na walang pinag-aralan. Okay, uh, you are recognized professor. Yes, uh, para doon sa mga hindi nakaabot ng uh, pagtalakay ko ng uh, uh, mga issue na to sa aking pagsasalita, uh, yung buod ng sinasabi ko ay tayo ay lumipat sa isang sistema na parliamentarismo at kumalis na tayo sa bulok na presidential system na ito. Kasi ang sinasabi ko, gaano mang kagaling ng nagiging presidente, nakakaya ng sistema. Tulad ni Digong, ang galing ng dating niya, ng first half niya, harang lahat ng tao nag-expect na talagang may tunay na pagbabago. Pero nung nilamo na siya at nakain na siya nitong mga oligarko na nakapaligid sa kanya yung mga bata, ang oligarko, wala na. Ang naging sagot na lang niya dyan sa mga ginagawa niya ngayon ay hindi pala kaya, kaya joke only na lang. So kaya, 
it is not the person, no? kahit na sinong piliin nating presidente dyan, pagdating sa sistema na bulok, mabubulok din yung presidente yun. Katulad ni Digong. Kaya tayo'y umalis niya presidential system na yan, na bulok, at lumipat tayo sa parliamentary system. Kaya nga, pinapakita ko sa aking mga postings yung mga nangyayari sa question hour ng mga parlamentong tutuwo. Tinatanong ang leader ng bayan nila, ng bansa nila, anong ginagawa mo every week at yung kanya mga kabinete humaharap. Kaya sila ay nandun sa daang matuwid kasi hindi sila dapat gumawa ng eskandalo kasi lahat sila damay. Tanggal ang buong napaghawak nila sa gobyerno. Hindi tayo kailangan maghintay ng next presidential election para maalis ang mga taong yan sa pesto dahil sa mali ang kandilang ginagawa. Halimbawa, itong si uh, uh, sabihin ni Digong na sa question hour, oh, wala akong pakialam sa inyo lahat, mamatay kayo lahat, 20% patay, uh, 110 million naman tayo. Pwede namang mamatay ang 20%. Meron pa tayong 18 million matitira. Talagay mo, hindi babagsak yung gobyerno niya bukas. Hindi na siya baboto ng kanyang mga MP at magkakaroon ng loss of confidence. Pero dahil presidential system tayo, wala tayo magawa. Hintayin natin yung uh, uh, 2022 para mapalitan siya. Itong ating uh, sistema ng uh, parliamentarism, magkakaroon tayo ng immediate accountability sa mga tao na sa poder. It's authority with immediate accountability. Pagkamali ka at hindi nagustuhan ng tapwa mo mga MP yung ginagawa mo, yari ka. At sa usapan na sinasabing federal parliamentary, upunahin natin ang parliamentary. Kasi yan mismo ang pagkakaroon ng question hour, yan ay gamot sa mga basura at kagaguhan ng korupsyon. Kasi pag mayroong question hour, every week, ang namumuno sa gobyerno. Titino yan. Pati yung mga gustong kumita ng pera sa gobyerno, titino ang mga yan. Sila-sila mismo yung nasa poder magbabantayan yan kasi pag magkaroon ng iskandalo ang isa, damay sila lahat, tanggal ang kanilang paghawa sa gobyerno. Katulad ngayon, na nakamaraang uh, June, uh, yung uh, gobyerno ng uh, Finland bumagsak. Hawak nila yung kanilang parliament since 2014. Hindi naman yun, seven years sila ay walang loss of confidence. Pero last June 2021, yung pinost ko sa aking uh, blog, sa aking uh, uh, Facebook account, bumagsak yung gobyerno ng uh, Sweden. Uh, at sila ngayon ay magkakaroon ng eleksyon para magkaroon ng mga bagong mga MP. Pero bumagsak ba yun? Meron na walang nagkagulo ba? Sa Britain? Sa Sweden? Hindi. Kasi yung lahat ng kanilang undersecretary ay mga professionals. Kahit na bumagsak na mga ministro, yung kanilang undersecretary, tumatakbo po rin yung kanilang bureaucracy. At lahat ng basic services ng pag-gobyerno ay naibibigay nila. Ngayon, pagdating ng eleksyon, magkaroon ng bagong MP, may bago ulit silang cabinet member na magda-direct sa kanila at magbibigay ng direction kung anong polisiya sa mga bagong halal na mga MP. So meron innate instability, instability tayo. Pero ano nangyayari sa presidential system? Pag palit ng bagong gobyerno, pag papasok yung bagong kabinete, may sariling kwerpo ng assistant ministers at deputy ministers. Yung mga dating project ng dating presidente, wala nang continuity. So ulitan na naman. 
Yan ang mga inefficiencies ng presidential system. Pero pa sa yung gutom na mga undersecretaries at secretaries, walang iniisip kundi gamitin ang kanilang opisina para gumawa ng negosyo. Kasi sinasabi ng mga komunista, tama naman sila, burokrata kapitalismo. Uh, hindi ako payag sa mga pamamaraan ng komunista pero ang kanilang mga pag-kritik uh, ng ating lipunan ay karamihan tama. Tulad ng uh, umiiral na feudalismo sa ating land system. Hindi na kukorek yan dahil sa kinukurat ng mga implementers ng agrarian reform at saka ng ating agriculture. Tulad ng sinasabi nilang imperialismo, totoo naman. Ang mentalidad ng ating mga leader ay takot sa Amerikano. Kung anong sabihin ng Amerikano, sunod sila. O ngayon lang nagsimulang matapang si Digong, pero ngayon, ganun din. Dahil sa wala namang mga taong pumapalik sa kanya, sa kung pamahalaan niya, pagdating ni Secretary Austin, yung uh, six-footer na yun, at saka malaki, at saka mabagsik ang mukha, mas pangit kasi Digong, takot siya, baliktad siya. Yung kanyang sabing alisin ng BFA, balik ang BFA. Ah, uh, Professor Valdez, ah, uh, Professor Watts, uh, Professor Wilgam, uh, Professor Valdez, Watts Valdez. Okay. I think it's about time for me to end now because the speaker about foreign relations will come in now. Thank you very much. Okay. So, uh, welcome uh, Professor Watts Valdez and uh, may we hear from you. Please unmute and say something. Professor Bots. Baka, baka hindi pa siya nakaporma. So, <laughs> ah, yan na. <laughs> Welcome, uh, Welcome, Professor Valdez. Okay. Uh, Gandang umaga po sa inyo lahat. Uh, Gandang umaga sa iyo, Hill. Uh, uh, are you there in uh, Las Vegas now, Hill? Yeah, I am in Las Vegas. And because I was, uh, I am here talking with you, I have not lost money yet in the casinos. <laughs> good, evening, good morning, Prof. Puts is kind of a... Uh, good, good morning, morning Yeah. Good morning. Yeah, well... Uh, Thank you for inviting me, and good morning to you there, Ben. I, uh, yeah, for those of you who doesn't know, Doug, uh, Professor Valdez, he is the leader of the Katipunan Democratic Filipino, and one of the issues that they have been discussing in that party is the way the West Philippine Sea has been managed, the issue has been managed. So he will talk yeah. about that now in terms of uh, a doctrine that he has been uh, explaining in the past, which is uh, the Treaty of West Palo. Yeah, so we have uh, built this talk as the West Philippine Sea <coughs> and the Treaty of West Palo. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for the intro, uh, Hill. Well, uh, this, this concerns uh, all of us, I suppose, and uh, it has been uh, permeating for the past how many years now, uh, uh, ever since, uh, it really came out uh, in the forefront uh, during uh, during Noy Noy Aquino's uh, term. No. But more importantly, we must realize that uh, sometime in 2012, 
after uh, making the announcement, the United States uh, U.S. Naval Forces moved uh, something like 60% of their naval power and placed them in the Southeast Asian region. And Southeast Asia, as we all know, that's, uh, we're right in the middle of Southeast Asian region. Uh, and uh, we don't know why all of a sudden at that time they decided to move 60% of their whole naval force to this area. Uh, they obviously were already in the Middle East, uh, Persian Gulf and, uh, and uh, Black Sea and so on and so forth. But, uh, but then they decided to split it and then put here. Now, the only, the only uh, superpower in this side of the world is, is China, and the superpower on that side of the world is, is Russia, at least those that are, can be perceived to be enemies of the United States and its allies. From that time on, uh, the United, uh, China has been uh, a bit more active in uh, in uh, taking a defensive position no? uh, because the United States, as you know, uh, can uh, put their warships anywhere. They actually park it here in the Philippines no? without any complaints from uh, us. These are all uh, nuclear-armed uh, warships and they get the RNR also here in the Philippines. <clears throat> now, uh, this was not too, uh, this was not making China too comfortable and uh, had created problems uh, wherein they started to be assertive in some of their claims. Uh, although disputed, uh, they started to show some muscle in order to be able to establish their defensive uh, positions. So uh, in the context of uh, this current political, economic, and even health crisis now confronting our world, uh, the Middle East conflict in Syria, Afghanistan, Libya, Iran, and Israeli-Palestinian impasse the Venezuelan conflict, Argentina, Brazil economics, and the Korean Peninsula. And of course, our South China Sea or West Philippine Sea territorial issues. Tension has risen to unprecedented and historical levels, threatening global conflict, which could very well annihilate present civilization. Where 30,000 or more nuclear warheads are in the position as are in the possession of uh, the superpowers uh, in at least 20 megatons each ready to be unleashed in a war of total destruction with capability of killing the world's population 20 times over while the hegemony of the Western powers is seen to be waning, their control over the world's monetary system collapsing, 
their economies in process of collapse. The US, UK, and France, and Germany, and allies have given indication of asserting themselves militarily in the various uh, regional theaters. The US pivot of 60% of their mighty naval power to Southeast Asia, of which the Philippines is right at the center, has heightened a general apprehension not only on our people, but to the people of Southeast Asian nations and China. The causes of conflicts have not uh, changed over the history of mankind. Man, motivated by power and greed, tries to control and overpower his fellow man. This results in revolutions by the oppressed to change the oppressors, resulting in wars and world wars. But the strange question controlling, confronting us today is where our whole civilization the strategic question confronting us today, where our whole civilization threatened with extinction, is if we want to create a new world order of peace and development to ensure survival and prosperity for all nations, how do we do it? What comes to mind is a historically an important precedent in what was in what uh, ended the Thirty Years' War, which was the towards the end of the Hundred Years' War, and which resulted in the peace of Westphalia. Westphalia, as you know, is a part of Germany. It's a region in Germany where this. Uh, this uh, treaty was signed. The end of the treaty, the end of the Thirty Years' War, was in 1648. It was a war which rampaged in waves, vicious and violent, for 30 years, involving many countries, including Germany, Austria, which was known as Habsburg, Hungary, France, Sweden, Bohemia or Czechoslovakia as we know it, and uh, Denmark, Spain, and the Netherlands. The Treaty of Westphalia was when all the war parties came together with, and was the first time that a European community of sovereign nation states was established. And it was only possible because all of its members recognized each other as having equal legal standing and guaranteed each other their independence and sovereignty. It was clear that this not only required goodwill, but a minimum efficient guarantees. Most important was the idea that the raison d'etre, the reason of its existence, the identity of this new alliance, of this community of states, could never be only for self 
preservation. It would be morally justified only if it realized ideas and principles which had a higher unifying purpose than just the survival of the states themselves. Such principles exist in the treaties of 1648. Some were expressed for the first time in history. These negotiations lasted for four years, during 1644 to 1648. And in the end, Protestants, Catholics, monarchies, and other populations and governments were treated as having equal status in negotiations and in the treaty. The peace treaty defined the principles of sovereignty and equality in numerous subcontracts, and this way became the constitution of the new system of states. Cardinal Mazarin, the, the acting leader of France, the ascendant nation among others, is credited with initiating the move towards peace. The guarantees of independence, recognition of sovereignty, the cessation of facilities, and forgiveness of damages done to life and properties were the result of the principle laid down by the leaders of nations. To paraphrase the portion of the historical document, Article 1 of the Peace Treaty states, in quote, and in this peace must be so honest and seriously guarded and nourished that each part furthers the advantage, honor, and benefit of the other, and that both forms from the side of the entire Roman Reich with the Kingdom of France, as well as the other way around from the Kingdom of France with the Roman Reich. A faithful neighborhood should be renewed and flourish for peace and friendship and flourish again. We must remember and note The important principle here and what this means was the proposals and getting together of these nations were for the intention of coming up with proposals for the agreement that had the advantage of the other in mind, primarily and not yours. The agreement called for the principle of the advantage of the other. All proposals coming from every country involved must be primarily to the advantage of the other. The Treaty of the Peace of Westphalia states that peace is the highest goal 
of the community of states. It was the first time that the framework was created with a different principle from that of the limitless right of the victorious party was implemented, or Mike is right. This was a gigantic leap step forward in international law where might is not right and the strongest should not necessarily prevail. The present ongoing dispute here in Southeast Asia, particularly the South China Sea or West Philippine Sea, is a case which I believe may find resolution along the principles I have described above. Ideally, the President Duterte may consider convening the 10 ASEAN countries to propose to all countries involved the very principles which have found acceptance in Europe in 1648 Treaty of Westphalia. Consider the following. Number one, China and the 10 member nations of the ASEAN may convene into a non-aggression treaty and committing themselves to a mutually beneficial agreements of exploiting the resources of the disputed waters. Number two, to guarantee the freedom of navigation to all commercial and military vessels intending to use the Straits of Malacca going to or coming from the respective destinations. Number three, to encourage the construction of the Kra Canal in Thailand in order to decongest the Malacca Straits and provide all with an alternative route for benefit of all nations. And number four, a demilitarization of the South China Sea, West Philippine Sea, and the whole of Southeast Asia should ban military bases for nuclear weapons. And number five, for China and the ASEAN to propose assistance to the US in rebuilding its infrastructure requirements, especially a network of fast rail systems and accommodation mutually beneficial to demands of fair trade. These five items though, cannot be done all at the same time. One has to start, and then after that, the second will go, and then the third, the fourth, and the fifth. No less than the renowned philosopher, 
Gottfried Wilhelm Leibniz in his Ethics of Law and Civilization in 1693, in reference to the Peace of Westphalia principles, said that charity is universal benevolence and benevolence is the habit of loving. Moreover, to love is to take delight in the happiness of another. Or what amounts to the same thing, it is to regard another's happiness as his own. End of quote. We all must realize that China Sea dispute is not merely a Philippine problem. It is, in fact, it in fact has global security implications just as in many other regional disputes. It is not enough that the treaty be signed by the parties without efficient assurances that all will abide. It is also difficult to enforce where leaders change and so may their motivations. But what will bind the countries more must necessarily include the beneficial effect on all their populations, an economic order which assures development and prosperity for all. Working towards peace in Europe, Cardinal Mazarin and Jean-Baptiste Colbert closely studied the river systems with the end in view of enhancing commerce and economic activity between North and Southern Europe. The rivers Rhine, the Vistula, the Oder, the Elbe, Wesser, and the Ems. These rivers were being used as territorial boundaries. Instead, he sought to make them as economic corridors to enhance development and communication. Mazaran understood that peace among nations must necessarily include a collaboration towards prosperity for all if it is to last. Today, what better manifestation of this principle can be understood in the promotion of our historic effort by man, now committed to by no less than 130 countries to implement the One Belt, One Road project, now known as the Belt and Road Initiative which aims to construct economic corridors of high-tech fast rail systems, which connects all seven continents of the world by land. We will soon be able to travel around the world by land, transport cargo by land on a transportation system which travels up to 1,000 miles per hour. 
the impact on world commerce with this facility is obvious. Then, as now, mankind is at the crossroads. One path leads to war, despair, and destruction. The other side to hope, prosperity, and development for coming generations. With the powers given to us by our creator, there are no limits to growth. As history has taught us, if we are motivated by the common good and act benevolently to the advantage of the other, we will learn to use our rivers and our oceans and even outer space, not as territorial boundaries, but rather as corridors of commerce economic and scientific activity to enhance the quality of life of all human beings on this planet. It is our fervent hope that we citizens of the world, patriots of our countries, use this defining historical moment to be the spark that ignites the spirit of new world renaissance. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Professor Woods. And uh, uh, anybody wants to interpolate, and uh, you are welcome. Uh, Professor Botts, uh, this yes. is an interpolation, but uh, uh, do you have any idea how many miles is the distance between this isthmus of Kra? How many miles is the total distance for that? That's about, uh, that's about 50 kilometers uh, wide. So it is the narrowest point of uh, that isthmus. No? And it's in the in the area called Kra, no? Yeah. K-R-A. And the idea there is to punch a uh, a uh, canal, no? Much like the Suez Canal or the actually it's even it's even narrower than mm -hmm. what they had to do with the Suez Canal, no? And this with Chinese technology. They, they know that they can be able to finish that in two uh, to three years. No? So uh, it's a very important uh, uh, infrastructure, not just for Thailand, but for the rest of the world, especially those that are using maritime. Uh, there is such a thing as maritime silk road, no? and this is a part of that whole concept. Well, because uh, we are always passing that area there because I am a seafarer. Yeah. So I noticed that uh, if we have to build a passage there, 
that uh, particular uh, canal is uh, less expensive compared to Panama because Panama you have to go up in the mountain then go down again then to, to reach Canada. But uh, in Thailand, that is very, uh, the distance is short, shorter, and it looks like it, it is not uh, uh, hard compared to Swiss and Panama Canal. Yes. You know, uh, this idea is not original to put up a crack canal. It started off oh, almost 100 years before, but uh, the superpowers then, British particularly, you know, uh, saw to it that that, that uh, crack canal will not be constructed and will not push through. Um, uh, mainly because they wanted, uh, you know, their, uh, the British and Americans, but more the British, no, uh, wanted to control these areas. No? And if there was only one route at the time, which was the Malacca Straits, uh, which, now, uh, which now is a passageway that uh, hosts something like 90% of the goods that are be traveling from uh, from uh, not from uh, that part of the world uh, going into Europe uh, is through this uh, Malacca Straits and the China Sea. That's why their uh, their uh, position, the United States position, has always been freedom of navigation. No, which means what are their uh, assurances that there will be freedom of navigation? So uh, my suggestion, therefore, is you have to give that kind of a guarantee. Now, China is not going to be uh, in a position to do that uh, by itself. That's why the first move, I think, for our president, if he's creative, if he's intelligent, and if he means well, is to convene the 10 uh, nations of the ASEAN get together as one and go to China and get a non-aggression treaty with China, which means we don't worry about China and us uh, getting into a war no? or anybody else in the area. Non-aggression treaty. Now, once you solidify that arrangement, then as a group, you can go to the US and the rest of the world and give assurances to guarantee the freedom of navigation in the area. Much of the Malacca Straits and all the way uh, up to our area you know, is Southeast Asian region. And Mostly, the ASEAN nations are the one involved in this, and we have a stake in this thing. It is not just China and the United States. We have a stake in this area. Uh, regardless of the miles and the territorial, but the whole area. But, but uh, that's why it justifies our concern. Now, we cannot just play geopolitics, which to me is the most stupid thing we can do, 
wherein we will side with one superpower against another. And there are people that demonize China because they love benevolent America. Or there are others that said America is oppressive, therefore he has pushed us towards China. This is a geopolitical attitude which, which does not help anybody. We must take look at first ourselves as a sovereign nation state, not to be influenced by China or the United States. But we are a small country. We are even a poor country. That's why the importance of getting the 10 nation ASEAN together as one. Then in this particular area, we are acting as one group of nations. And that one group of nations now will have a common concern. And that is the non-aggression treaty and subsequently get China to join us in guaranteeing United States and the rest of the world with the freedom of navigation. The freedom of navigation will mean that they can traverse this whole area, whether it is commercial vessels or military vessels. Now, if they are comfortable that they, and they, they are assured that there is freedom of navigation, then they should not oppose our construction of the Krakenal which makes the facility of transferring goods from the Indian Ocean all the way to the Europe, European area no? uh, without, without, uh, with, with greater ease and, uh, and uh, efficiency. And if there is more traffic because of this, no? uh, it behooves now on all of the ASEAN nations to get together and work for the exploitation of these waters. Whether they are disputed waters or not, we do not have to, to drop our claim, especially based on the UNCLOS. We must remember the United States is not part of the UNCLOS. That's why they can traverse anywhere they want to because they're a superpower and so on and so forth. But as a 10 nation ASEAN, which means we might have something like maybe 350 to 400 million population. Now working with China, which has a 1 billion uh, population over, it is a pretty big chunk of the world that is making these guarantees. And, uh, and at least from the standpoint of the world, we will, they will see the, the benefit that uh, what's going to happen because the moment these things happen, we are on our road to world peace rather than on the road to world conflict. That's right. So, now the floor is open to everyone. I think Hill wants to say something. Yeah, go ahead, Professor Hill. 
nawala ako? Well, <clears throat> yeah, the uh, <clears throat> you in this process where you say uh, <clears throat> you have to uh, uh, use the principles of the Treaty of Westphalia. And that when you make proposals, you always must think of the other parties. That is all right if everybody will be giving up something that is collectively shared, like the UNCLUS um, uh, uh, benefits that they will give up for the freedom of navigation or something like that. But for instance, if we have our own uh, private uh, um, uh, things that we have to settle with a separate nation, within the uh, ASEAN group, like the Philippine Sabah claim, for instance. And that usually uh, when you talk about uh, diplomacy to cure a claim like that, you use uh, brinkmanship uh, diplomacy because you threaten war if you cannot agree on certain things. So now if we sign an non-aggression treaty, then that weakens our hand, you know, in uh, trying to claim Sabah back. What do you think of that? Well, it all depends as to what we value more. Uh, it all depends really on what we value more. If there is collaboration and it will be beneficial to ourselves now in the future generations, uh, then there is a versus war and uh, be able to get it by, by force. Uh, it might not be long before they can get it back by force as well. No? So you will get yourself into a perpetual conflict. Uh, on the other hand, like uh, we said, if there is a, an agreement, non-aggression, no? you, you start to act as one and be able to use your uh, smallness into a big organization called the ASEAN, big enough to confront China and tell them that it is best to the best of everybody's interest to have this kind of an agreement and assurance. Again, uh, we are at the crossroads. We have to make the choice. Do we want to go into endless conflict, which may eventually become into become into a worldwide thing? Or do we want to make peace and develop for our people? No? Uh, that's, the, that's the choice that we have to make. No? Um, and it behooves our, our leaders no? to make that kind of a, uh, to, to think in those in those terms, and then be, then they become leaders, and they're not just people that are playing China and uh, U.S. against each other. When the victims for any kind of conflict, it is obviously going to be us. Well, what I'm trying to say is that uh, we will be giving up more than the others because we will have to give up, in effect, this claim to Sabah. So that is the that is an assumption. You see, when you give more, when you feel you give more, no, you'll be able to receive more. No? It is the concept. No? 
uh, we cannot assume that we're giving up more. We've never had it for the past how many generations. We cannot make that assumption. But if some in in a spirit of uh, of communication, proper communication with Malaysia, and they will not let go of Sabah unless there is a military force uh, to deal with, maybe it might be good to go into a collaboration no, with Malaysia so that the, the, the fruits of that development of, of Sabah can be shared between the Filipinos and them. No? That is possible, even if we have historical rights to it. And many areas in the world have such a claim to have uh, historical rights to certain areas. No? Uh, but uh, they don't get it because of some conflict, some uh, people that are saying, no, we want more. This is precisely the principle of the Treaty of Westphalia. The proposals that can come from you must be primarily for the benefit of the other. Now, human beings so for such a long time have not acted in this way. They have acted in, in trying to get as much as they can versus the other. And as you call brinkmanship in negotiations and so on and so forth. No? But uh, as, as the Treaty of Westphalia has shown, since the primary uh, beneficiary is the other and not you, you also become the primary beneficiary of other proposals. And this is what had created what we now know as Europe. And in the regions that I spoke of, became the center of uh, Renaissance and the development of uh, the whole of Europe into what uh, we know now as uh, the strongest uh, conglomeration of nations. Uh, and, and all because they decided that the rivers that they were using as territorial boundaries, where they were taxing the vessels that go in through those rivers, uh, became instead economic corridors rather than territorial boundaries. The case of uh, Sabah is not just a case of historic abstract rights being asserted. There were uh, contractual documents involved, a pajak. And uh, the, uh, clearly, based on the historical analysis of the case, the Malaysians are not willing to go to court because we have evidence against them, which shows the way um, that private company took advantage of the weakening process, the weakening strength of the Sulu Sultanate to just uh, get away with murder, you know? Even well, the proposal to, even the proposal to uh, surrender our sovereignty rights in exchange for Malaysia recognizing the property rights of the Sulu Sultanate, it's not taking off. They, they're now taking a position of very stronger than you now, 
We have a stronger air force. We are ready to defend it right after the Lahadda 2 incident. We don't care what you want. You cannot take it away from us. It's all or nothing. There's no oh. gift in the way Malaysia. In fact, they keep on giving us trouble by financing all of this uh, other troublesome uh, uh, Islamic elements uh, in, in Mindanao. You know, so, one thing that is lacking in what you're saying, you know, it's obvious that uh, we are still in that mindset. You know? uh, what to me, what is lacking there is that we have not, uh, we have not really sat down with them on a bilateral uh, talks about Sabah. No, we have not done that. We have done this in different ways. We even go to court, no, or we fight, or we threaten, or we invade. No, but uh, nobody has uh, decided to go into bilateral talks with them about the area. No. And I believe you know, uh, if uh, there are sane people that instead of fighting this thing for generations, you know, look for a way how to benefit each other you know, and how, how we can, I believe that we can go, go somewhere unless we change that attitude uh, uh, here. You know, I, we will not be moving towards peace. You know. And, you know, uh, this, like I said, we made territories, we have claims. This is our uh, uh, sultanate and so on and so forth. And they're paying us rent. We have all of those things documented. But if we insist on something, we have to go to war. And what does war do? Do we really get? economic benefit from it once you once you occupy it how long do you think you can occupy it maybe maybe for our generation maybe the next generation they will take it back and you are going to be in perpetual conflict with each other that's not the kind of future that we should leave to our coming generations if there ever will be coming generations. But the conflict, the war, even if we talk about this expanded to the West Philippine Sea, you know, the chances of having a next generation, if we allow this to deteriorate into, into a uh, nuclear conflict, you know, uh, then uh, we might not be talking about future anymore. Uh, okay. this, is, this is the choices that we have to make. Uh, yeah. Sir Bots, Sir Bots, in contrast to the, the West Palia, wherein they have 30 years war, in Sabah, since Marcos left, it is also more than uh, more or less three decades that Marcos wants to retake Sabah. But mm. uh, in my, my, my own perception is, if uh, the world leaders really uh, care lives, life, then they have to talk each other and then uh, ask Britain. So what was the history in the in the past? What was the original history? And now let's go back to the to our past and let's talk and let's maintain peace. I think that is the only reason that uh, 
uh, war could be avoided. Well, first, I don't like uh, third parties in bilateral arrangements. No, we don't have to go to Britain. We don't have to go to America. All we have to do is sit down with them, talk to them, and start start talking about what can be done about the issue. That's the first thing we need to do. And we have not done that. No. We have got, we've gone to court, we threatened, we went to war, we invade, no. uh, for whatever it's worth. If those, if uh, Marcos no, at, the, at his uh, time, no, uh, we still think that he should have uh, taken the steps to first negotiate with them. Now, uh, I don't know if he actually did, but I think he, this thing never happened. No? Uh, but uh, if he, if he uh, didn't do it, then he should have done it. There were negotiations, Mr. Now, Speaker. I would like to say something. Okay, go ahead. Now, now, it's a, now it's a more critical time. The time of Marcos was 30, 40 years ago, 50 years ago. But the conditions now confronting the world is uh, completely different. There are threatened wars. There are superpowers holding on to vast amounts of nuclear warheads. We have the capability of killing pop our world population 20 times over. This does not seem to disturb others. And they feel that it will never happen because they don't, the sane mind does not uh, want to kill want to uh, annihilate himself. You'll be surprised you know, so far in the conflicts that we have been experiencing, you know, the same mind is not present. You know. uh, okay, Professor Bolts, you are good night. Yeah. I, uh, Professor yeah. Hill, I mean. Well, I'm okay. trying to say, before, before Marcos launched the adventure on Saba, under the Mafilindo auspices of Makapagal, uh, <clears throat> we had negotiations at the uh, bilateral talks between uh, Malaysia and the uh, Philippines. But uh, you remember the uh, claim was rejected outright. Well, and then uh, you had the uh, rejection of the rejection by Leon Maguerero. And after well, that, it's not, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not fair for uh, us to go back to the Mapilindo now. No, like I said, the conditions are different. No? The economic conditions for our country and the rest of uh, the region and the rest of the world are different. No. And uh, we are faced by this, this uh, other issues that, uh, that may, puts us in the crossroad, the choice. The choice is to insist on territorial claims or no, and go to war or to work out a collaboration 
of human beings so that our populations will be benefited, uh, mutually beneficial for our population. No? That is the choice. It is not, you know, uh, insisting on pulling and pushing and threatening war. You, precisely, if, we are, if you, as I was saying, that the concept was no longer might is right, but the concept that they came up with had nothing to do with might is right because they recognized this uh, um, number of peoples and in us people, not really whether they are big or small or what. France was the ascendant country then. It could have, if it wanted to, went into a perpetual war against all of them in order to cover territories. But no, the, the different countries, no matter how small, uh, compared to France or Germany, because Germany was at the other big one, but not as big as France, uh, they decided to have peace. They decided to have collaboration. And the only way, the only Christian way, actually, that they came up with, because it, like I specifically said, Cardinal Mazran, uh, was to approach it in this way. And it worked. It became the template of all succeeding conflicts in for the past and the past what uh, three four hundred years, until recently, when when um, speeches were made by people like Tony Blair and Condoleezza Rice, saying that the principles of the Treaty of Westphalia no longer apply today. They should be thrown out the window. The principle that we must follow today is, uh, they didn't say might is right, is the preemptive principle, the first strike doctrine. If we, this was Condoleezza Rice, if we consider that our interests are being uh, uh, are threatened by some other country or people. We have the right to strike first. That is their doctrine, and we don't have to go to the United Nations. It has exactly the same as uh, what's his name, uh, Tony Blair, and several other people whose names escape me now. There are people that are like that. Might is still right as far as they're concerned. Now, as human beings and part of the human population, we have to do something to reverse that. And the only thing available to us is this time of history where man was able to solve it under the principles of the advantage of the other. It is, it is love for fellow men. And love as translated, that's why I quoted that, means happiness because the other party is happy. 
It might sound corny to many, but this is the most serious thing uh, now, uh, now confronting humanity right now. And we have to realize uh, the responsibilities we have. We can insist on certain things that we have studied and so on and so forth, and this is really ours, and it was our, territory, our territory is supposed to be this and that. But the question I pose, not just to Filipinos, and it should be posed to all others that we will be dealing with in trying to promote peace, is this question. Do you want peace or are you ready to include your country in a war of destruction? And I think uh, it is now the right moment or the right time to do that because now they are uh, the ones to depopulate the world. So uh, if, for those who disagree with the depopulation, likewise vaccination, I am calling that they must have to join us fighting for our freedom, fighting for humanitarian means, for the benefit not only for us but for our future generation. Mm. Professor Hell, you are recognized. Yes. <clears throat> if uh, we did not have this Saba question, I would not have a problem with this Treaty of Westphalia and a multilateral approach with the ASEAN and dealing with China. However, that's a thorny question to me because uh, we have a separate people there whom we might uh, uh, just uh, run roughshod if we do this thing without their uh, point of view being considered. Because these are our thousand brothers and to them, they always say, and I heard this in negotiations, they said, you Christians, you identified Mindanao as your promised land. But to us Muslims, our promised land is Sabah, and now you'll give it up, what happens to us? So we might give up something that's too much and we will create internal conflict inside our own territory. We'll have peace with China and the rest, but then we have problems here in Mindanao because then these people will not be satisfied. You said you just sacrificed us again for the sake of whatever your oligarchs are getting in the West Philippine Sea or something like that. So we got a problem. So this is something that I think has to be thought about well. And I guess your suggestion of uh, initiating bilateral <clears throat> processes should be good. But you know, our leaders are <laughs> not thinking in terms of uh, the ethnic uh, period. period. Our leaders are not thinking period. <laughs> well, okay. Actually, actually, a few years ago, I was always, I was always in Sabah. Every month, I went. We went to Sabah because we are uh, uh, transshipping the goods. And all I heard from the people, the Filipino in Sabah, is that they like they, they want to maintain their Filipino citizenship. But the problem is the system in the Philippines is not good. While in Sabah. They can do everything, to more to their life. 
here in the Philippines, like for example in Mindanao, if they have to go back to Mindanao, Mindanao turns out to be the third uh, uh, or the the poorest uh, area of the country. Unlike in Sabah, uh, their life there is uh, recognized by uh, Malaysian government. And uh, they can do everything what they want. But here in the Philippines, they have to do something and then uh, some people are against them. So our character as a Filipino needs to be changed. And yes, that, I think that's a very uh, turning that, question indeed. <clears throat> yeah. Now, anybody from the group wants to share their ideas? Because what we are discussing here is uh, a comparison of uh, what happened to Westphalia. And now we have problem here in Sabah, wherein uh, President Marcos uh, tried to do something to claim that, but uh, he got failed because of uh, some other Filipino is also blocking uh, the way of uh, promoting peace. So instead of going peace, there's out war. <laughs> so it's such a pity that our president uh, either is not advised uh, properly or his uh, his level of uh, appreciation of the situation is limited. Uh, it's such a pity because the Philippines is really in a position to uh, move. Uh, towards uh, generating peace in this region uh, by uh, creative uh, creative concepts like uh, what uh, what I'm proposing if uh, if he uh, does what he wants and then presents it in this way uh, its success is not guaranteed it might be rejected by the superpowers especially the us and the british uh, and they will find ways to try to torpedo that because their intention is to go to war no? but as a leader of our nation uh, i think the president must take uh, effort to move towards regional peace and become the uh, the catalyst no, for this particular concept. It might not uh, serve uh, everybody's interest now. Like I said, uh, the superpowers may reject it because they re their real intent is to control and destroy China. No? Uh, but still, these ideas. Uh, once presented to all, uh, will surface and will stay in the minds of many people. Correct. But uh, I think if Karim, the move of Karim, the time and of uh, Ninoy, or Ninoy Aquino, was was done today. I think Karim uh, succeeded in claiming uh, Sabah. But uh, he is in the right, he is in the wrong uh, time and the wrong place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, 
Ma'am Wilma, can we hear from you? I think you have some uh, knowledge from the past. Can you share something? Please unmute. Uh, I say in Tagalog po. Okay. Hello? Hello? Yes, good morning. Uh, eh, sabi ng, good morning to everybody. Yeah. Sabi ng professor namin sa law, sa international law, eh, nagpadala daw ng presidente ng, ng convoy sa Malaysia to claim Sabah. And then, Several siguro. And then when the officer there in Malaysia came out, he speak in a British accent. Eh, parang napahiya daw itong mga Filipino convoy. Kaya umuwi silang walang nangyari. Yun lang po, alam ko. Hello? Yes. Maganda, maganda yan. Kasi... Did you hear me? Yes. Yeah, Hello po? Thank you. Loud and clear. Hello, Paul. Yeah, you are. We can hear you loud and clear. So, Professor Hill, let's go back to the. Adoption of 1899 Constitution. Now you have. We mentioned the alikta, alikta katipunan. May we hear more from you about that? The the katipunan march. Melo, can you play that thing and share it? Sound there now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can hear it now. That's it. That's the uh, <clears throat> march. And I think oh, Captain Ray Valeros just came in. Oh, Cap. Good morning. Taka patungtong la namin ng katipunan march. Can you please unmute, Cap Ray? 
Kapray, please unmute. Okay. Okay. Yes. Good morning, uh, brother Kipien, uh, and uh, good morning, Professor Boots. Good morning, uh, brother Hill, and everybody. Ah, napakaganda nung tugtog pagpasok ko yung tagad na pakinggan ko napapamarcha ako brother Hill eh. that's the katipunan march <laughs> oh maganda pala mapractice natin yan ah, malapit ko naman sa ulo ano? malapit ko naman uh, sa ulo bukas sa ulo ko na to <laughs> okay now I've also posted uh, the uh, the uh, in the chat area if people go there it's a chat for everyone I don't know if the more recent ones also got them it's uh, the um, proposed uh, proclamation of uh, the president to be able to shift the 1899 constitution, which immediately uh, shifts us to a parliamentary system. So I'd like uh, everybody to look at it. Nakikita mo ba yon, Captain Ray? Yung pinos ni... I posted it Ah uh, hindi hindi ko na nakita uh, dito sa ano sa chat ng sa taas. Okay. Ah uh, ito yung pinos last uh, galing kay uh, Melo. Well to be so Yung that everybody YouTube. can so that everybody can talk about it. I can read that part only of my talk which is trying to get the um, present uh, official dam of our country to uh, shift to the 1899 constitution. Can I proceed, Mr. Speaker? Yes, proceed. Okay. Using the hibernation of the 1899 Constitution as a reset button to shift the parliamentary government. The full decree signed by General Aguinaldo promulgating the 1899 Constitution follows. The header is Presidency of the Revolutionary Government of the Philippines, Emilia Aguinaldo Ifami, President of the Revolutionary Government and Captain General, Commander-in-Chief of its army. No, all Filipino citizens, that the assembly of representatives of the nation by virtue of its sovereign power has decreed and I have sanctioned the political constitution of the state. Therefore, I command all the authorities, civil as well as military, of whatever class or rank, to keep it and cause it to be kept, complied with and executed in all its parts because it is the sovereign will of the Filipino people done at Malolos on the 21st of January in the year 1899. Signed, Emilio Aguinaldo. So how do we adopt this? I propose here a proclamation of the sitting president, whoever he is, he may be Duterte, or he may be somebody whom we can elect into office by 18, uh, by uh, May 2022, and this should, this should be part of this campaign if Duterte does not do it. Here is the proposed proclamation of the sitting president. The hibernating the Malolos Constitution. 
Proclamation number XX series of 2021 or 2022, if Duterte does not do it now. I, Rodrigo Duterte, Iroa, by circumstance and developments of events during the dormancy of the 1899 Constitution, now recognized by extant laws in the interregnum as president of the Philippines and commander in chief of its armed forces, recognizes that the assembly of representatives of the nation in 1899 and President Emilio Aguinaldo Ifami, by virtue of sovereign powers vested in them, had decreed and sanctioned the political constitution of the state done at Malolos on the 21st of January in the year 1899 to be in force and effect. Therefore, I, Rodrigo Roba Duterte, command all the authorities, civil as well as military, of whatever class or rank, to keep it and cause it to be kept, complied with, and executed in all its parts because it is the sovereign will of the Filipino people. Guidance from this office will be issued in accordance with the appurtenant transitory provisions as sanctioned in this 1899 Constitution of the Republic. By the powers vested in me as President of the Republic, done in the city of Manila, Malacanang, on the 1st of September, 2021, signed. Rodrigo Roa Duterte, President of the Philippines. Is there anything wrong with this posthumous resurrection of a living decree from our heroes, speaking and directing us to follow their hallowed legitimate commands across the generations? You may say that it has been so long ago and this is no longer, and this no longer have any force in effect. So may I ask, is there a statute of limitations to historic rights and assertions bought with the blood, sweat, and tears of our heroes? After we have asserted this with enforcement by our armed forces, our army is 124 years old, going back to the Katipunan. Our Navy is 123 years old first created with the flotilla of Spanish vessels captured by the revolutionaries. I say that after we have asserted this with the use of those forces that are the institutional descendants of the Katipunan forces, there would be no difficulty in defending this event even before the community of nations like the United Nations. The Israeli nation recognizes no statute of limitations to the crimes committed against them as a race and a religion. We Filipinos should likewise not recognize any statute of limitations committed against our nation and a heroic generation of our people in 1899. The Spanish parliament of today has recognized our 1899 Republic in 2011. But up to now, the American government 
refuses to acknowledge this republic of 1899 because it would confirm the unlawful aggression they wage against a trusting, fledgling allied nation in their war against Spain. That historic double cross must be corrected now. And if and when this happens, with a parliament in place, because the 1899 constitution authorizes the establishment of a parliament, our history now will take a very different course. Thank you. Well, I totally agree with that. And I think uh, we have to, the, the Shiado government has to provide the, the palace for the, this uh, uh, documentation or proposal. So we have to uh, hear what are the reaction. Because as uh, I posted uh, in Facebook, if the 1899 constitution is considered as our very own father, and then later, sooner or later, it was been uh, declared by the United States of America that uh, we have to adopt the 1935 constitution, which is the second uh, husband of our mother. I really disagree, and I will have to look into my original father, which is the 1899 constitution, if, we, if I have to compare it to family relation. So if this proposal of yours, uh, we will try. Nothing, nothing is wrong. As uh, a lot of people are saying, there's no harm in trying. But uh, let's consider that there is little harm in trying. So uh, just send it to the palace, and we will see the reaction. Attorney Posadas likes to talk, I think. <clears throat> Okay, Attorney Posadas, uh, because uh, supposed to be we have to, uh, to, push, to push through your resolution, I may hear from you. Okay, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. The one that Bill um, Ramos just uh, suggested, that's what it is. It is a suggested proclamation that does not carry the force of the constitution, nor the force of the political will. Considering the current situation now of events, it doesn't mean really anything, and it cannot be enforced. Just words. And, and whatever happened to the tabled resolution that I proposed last uh, session, this is exactly what Captain Valerio is looking for. Action. We are like Indians circling the wagon. All words and screaming. With no action. I, I appreciate Gising Maharlika and the others who are even rallying on the streets. Even with a general message. Just to create noise. But it doesn't carry the invocation of the constitution and the political force of the will of the people that can be turned into a medium that can be enforced like a contract. Uh, what happened, whatever happened to uh, my, uh, my table resolution? 
Uh, Attorney Posada, uh, uh, I'm sorry I have to cut you, but uh, I, suge I suggest that uh, the resolution you open to the group uh, when it comes to the, to therefore resolve, at is here by resolve, the suggestion of uh, Professor Hill shall be inserted. That's what I've revised now. I'm ready with it. Yeah, okay. And I thought it was tabled. I've been waiting. Well, you can let, um, I think uh, I would agree to let him read it. But by the way, to clarify, I was giving a lecture. I was not proposing a resolution by our body. My, that's yeah, why besides, my, resolu my, my resolution was a hypothetical example of how a president, sitting president, who was the force in effect of law because he command the army and the Navy, who could enforce a process of uh, proclaiming the validity and the writ of the 1899 Constitution. My and speech was just a lecture, which is elucidating that uh, pro forma action, but it is not okay. a resolution being proposed to the body. But uh, I think uh, Dr. Posadas wants to propose a resolution so he can proceed to read it. Um, I think, uh, Mr. Speaker, you can give him that floor. Okay. Uh, okay. You, you, you have the floor. Uh... All right, thank you. And besides, uh, Jill, statute of limitation doesn't apply on this one. I, I, I am not, I am not having a discussion with you, Dr. Posadas. My lecture was uh, a totally on a totally different thing. Okay, this was was uh, what was tabled uh, in the last session and to be resolved again as a complete uh, resolution. And let me read it. And what I'd like to request is if this second motion, if there's, this is second, seconded, I'd like a vote on it, uh, whether it's yes or nay, because time is of the essence. Time is of the essence because of what's happening now. And I, um, I uh, picked up from what uh, Ray, uh, Captain Ray Valerius was talking about, that we need a cart to push. We are horses. We're not even trained. We're not even training our horses to join us to push because horses are not trained to push, but they are, are trained to pull. And this is what we're going to pull, whether there's an action or not, but at least we are moving into action. And this is what the five million strong group in Mindanao is waiting for. There's been a notice, according to them, there has been some kind of a uh, understanding or a dialogue with the president that this is what he's been waiting for. So let's try. This carries the constitution uh, invocation and the political will that's happening now. Okay, resolution for a unified unified joint revolutionary government organizations and Filipino citizens to actually and virtually invoke President Duterte's constitutional out of office duty to redress superior people's will or grievances urgently on impending complex smartmatic tandem and most aptly and timely to uproot deeply entrenched government and oligarchic corruptions and now happening 
oppressions, suppressions, impositions on citizens' civil or privacy rights under the expired national health emergency leading now into unconsented unconstitutional law to impose or force pandemic vaccinations. Therein also lies already a dereliction of duty of President Duterte. We're calling him on this. Whereas these are in effect costs. Whereas these are in effect. These are in fact effects caused by the current presidential centralized form of government under the de facto 1987 constitution. Whereas, in fact, you as our president on important occasions stated that you have seen the faces of the enemies in oligarchic synchrony with a circle of subtle corruption challenge us, all Filipinos and the armed forces of the Philippines. If we can unify or solidify our grievances for complete change once in our lifetime, binded now as a nation to strengthen your mission to uproot deeply entrenched effects of corruption by a declaration of a revolutionary government. Whereas only by either a declaration of an indirect transition RevGov or as an FP, AFP commander-in-chief shift of allegiance on the promulgated pure Filipino 1899 parliamentary federal constitution that we as a nation at last can completely, orderly, and logically change the cause or system or form of government. Whereas all our patriotism now and the blood, sweat, and tears of our forefathers would be in vain all over again, or nothing changes at all because the effects or characteristics infections would remain under the 1987 constitutional systemic cause of corruptions in various effects or subtle shapes of constitutional violations and oppressions. See even the president seemingly or maybe feigning that he doesn't know that he has already violated the constitution by the expiration of the national emergency law. Point of order, point of order. The reading should only include the text of the resolution and not commentaries because okay. the, the body is hearing the reading. Okay, my apologies. Whereas we too are wiser enough now as you are while, our, while still our president for the last time than to let our desperate destiny to sleep through these exigent times, obtaining that threaten our very lives and health under the expired medical emergency law, or an invalid congressional mandate to force so-called pandemic vaccinations without a freely given valid consent. Whereas you are our last light in our time tunnel and our final beacon of hope for future generations, or otherwise are we to expect different results again till kingdom come? Whereas now we jointly and 
urgently invoke your constitutional out of office duty to redress our unified or solidified grievances, solidified grievances for a complete and logical change into a parliamentary federal form of government or system. Whereas you and the people are both contractually bound by the 1987 Constitution to perform respective duties to abide by the provisions of the highest law of the land, you have sworn to defend and protect against all enemies and effects of entrenched corruptions. Therefore, be it resolved, as it is hereby resolved, for a joint and citizens unified stand to invoke President Duterte's constitutional out of office to redress or suspend all these above mentioned urgent grievances on unconstitutional violations, freedom of expression, and all intrinsic effects of the 1987 Constitution to avoid chaos, public disorder, disobedience, civic resistance, confusing DOH, IATF, defective data-driven under an expired national emergency law implementation. By one fell swoop, completely changed the cost decisively and orderly, declaring our party's uh, decision, either an indirect transition government or an instant shift of allegiance to the pure Filipino 1899 working or adaptable constitution as AFP commander-in-chief. Be it further resolved for the AFP as the mandated enforcer of organic law of our land and ultimate protector of the people to peacefully and orderly pledge an orderly continued pledge of allegiance for the armed forces of the Philippines on promulgated pure Filipino 1899 constitution. Should President Duterte shirk his out of office, it becomes an anticipatory dereliction of his duty by end of October 2021 filing of elections candidacy and to mitigate and to mitigate anticipatory, irreparable, irreversible life and health, peace and order damages. This also serves as a due judicial notice of the Philippine Supreme Court for instances of occupy virtual or actual boycotts of elections 2022 administered by the Comelec Smartmatic Tandem. Now this is in uh, in uh, in a parenthesis. This will be translated into dialects, printed copies voluntarily, and compliments of businesses and whatever citizens, OFWs abroad. And uh, now, by the estimated by the end of this year, five million strong Mindanao coalition and Gising Maharlika ongoing procedures of distribution. Finally, what we have is a leverage timely and enforceable for action or traction or traction that can have results whether whatever it it, it be so be it then we will 
cross the bridge when it's there. But at least this will be our cart to push and that everybody can get on board on. Solidly, whether yay or nay. Thank you. May I be recognized, okay. Mr. Speaker? Yes, uh, just, just a moment. But uh, I do suggest, uh, Attorney Posadas, because you have also email and uh, Professor Hill has also an email. So just uh, send that particular uh, resolution to Professor Hill and Professor Hill has also to insert whatever it is in mind, uh, particularly the one he suggested here. And then let's go, uh, let's meet in the middle and the next uh, plenary hearing, we have to finalize that. Okay, Professor Hill, you are recognized. Uh, it is a uh, substance. I don't have any problem with the substance of what uh, Dr. Posadas is uh, proposing. But always, even if we are just a pretend uh, Congress, <clears throat> as a shadow Congress, we have to follow form and substance traditions of any legal document that we have to follow. Right now, I have said, and I have uh, sent a private email to Dr. Posadas that uh, in terms of uh, construction, just based on the English language, this needs some work mm -hmm. so that we can separate the whereases clearly in succinct, uh, concise language from the dispositive portion of the resolution. And since we are not a body who can enforce it, this can only be a sense of the Congress resolution, meaning to say this is our sense of what should be done. We have no capability to enforce it. We don't even have alliances signed with different allied groups to, to talk about joint resolutions or joint decisions. We are a separate group we have uh, our shadow Congress structure. We are a Congress, and I would, I could agree to a sense of Congress resolution with clear structured whereases, with concise language on the whereases as to what reasons we have as a body to state the dispositive portion of the resolution. And once that is clarified, then we proceed and clearly identify it as a sense of Congress resolution because we have no power. We are a shadow Congress. We have no capability to enforce. That is why I was very careful. If we keep on talking in a sense that is not commensurate to our actual status, actual identity, then we could suffer a lot of credibility damage. So we have to be careful okay. in making statements like this. Thank you. Okay. okay, okay, Professor here. And uh, I, I saw Capri is raising his hand. Attorney uh, Posadas, uh, uh, yes. I recognize Capri, and then uh, you are the next. Okay, Capri. yes, I, I agree that needs uh, editing, but the substance thereof is what I'm after. So it's subject to um, make it a little bit more according to a resolution form even as we are a shadow Congress. And uh, at the same time, uh, even if we are a putative uh, shadow government or a reflection of what the real uh, system or session is all about, nevertheless, this is part of our freedom of expression or message that if it becomes a reality and translated into action in the political realm, so be it. That's what it's all about. Besides, we are basing it on the Constitution. 
basing it on the political will. We're basing it on a legal contract between the people and President Duterte. So what more can you ask for? Here's a leverage that can be implemented in the political realm. And that's what it's all about. Okay, we but agree to that. In the political realm, you got to have a basis for your freedom of expression as long as it's differentiated from the call to sedition or armed rebellion. This is all covered internationally under the Constitution, our own Constitution. We're invoking it contractually. We're enforcing it with terms and conditions so that there will be a time limit for the enforcement. A contract should have enforcement terms and conditions without which there is no valid contract and it's useless. So what we're doing is enforcing and reminding and alerting President Duterte to his contractual out-of-office duty and a contract between him and the people. If it happens, if it happens, but at least we acted on it to push it. And for people even to, to pull it. Once we push it, the momentum will be there for people to push it, to, to, yeah, to pull it. You know what I'm saying about the analogy yeah, yeah. of a okay. before the horse? Okay, we agree with that. And uh, we have to meet in the middle and then uh, just discuss it with uh, Professor Hill. And then uh, uh, by uh, next uh, plenary session, we have to finalize that. In fact, and in truth, this morning, I first called you, but uh, you were not, you were not uh, uh, acknowledging. So I give privilege to Professor oh, Hill. Okay, That's I'm why sorry. Uh, I, I, I looks like yeah, you were well forgotten. I was okay, so next. Something. But also next. let me remind that uh, from uh, Mick uh, Delisiano of Mindanao or Davao itself, uh, he's suggesting and proposing that uh, Miswari should be uh, invited to speak before us because uh, altogether they are like uh, 5 million uh, strong. Can you imagine that from the bulwark of President Duterte's uh, region? 5 million strong and okay. they're willing to, to sign this joint resolution. Uh, we agree to that and even Professor Hill uh, told us that uh, everybody will come. So just to coordinate uh, and uh, we have to unite uh, one another and uh, let's uh, resolve the issue as far as the present problem is concerned. Okay, noted can that. I, can, uh, I I have... Captain, can I request Captain Valerio to uh, on what his reactions on this uh, jo uh, joint resolution? Yeah, yeah, okay. That's why I am. Uh, okay, Captain uh, Prey, you have the floor. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Attorney Robert and uh, Brother Hill and uh, Brother Kipbien uh, uh, Lorke. Maraming salamat sa inyo. Uh, the reason why I joined this uh, session uh, today, uh, para magmanifest uh, at magbigay ng, uh, ng final comments dun sa ating uh, shadow government and to what uh, Attorney Posadas had earlier uh, manifested. Uh, Doon lang tayo magbank, uh, iisa lang para magkaroon tayo ng agarang solusyon. Uh, citizen Unified Stand Banking in our 1899 Constitution, which must be the very foundation of all actions. Now, due to crystal clear multiple violation of the 1987 Constitution by the Executive Branch. Uh, napakahalaga nung binanggit ni Attorney Robert, uh, 
lahat ng action natin, simulan natin kasi pagka nagbigay uh, tayo ng pananaw, doon lang tayo sa sa uh, katotohanan kasi kulang na tayo sa action, kulang na tayo sa time talaga. Kulang na kulang na tayo sa time. And ayo ayo naman natin masayang yung pinag-uusapan natin dito sa Shadow uh, Congress natin. Kahit na shadow lang tayo, maganda yung pinag-uusapan at maganda ito ma-translate into action. Kasi Uh, banggitin na natin ang realidad. Punta tayo doon sa pinupush ng RDRJ, Rodrigo Roa Duterte Revolutionary Government. Do you think, Brother Ben, they will still move further? Hindi na po. Wala na. Pinangako yan ni President Duterte, nagkatotoo ba? Nasa last uh, minutes na siya ng kanyang uh, presidency. It will not happen. Hindi niya ipupus ang revolutionary government na siya ang magpupus nito. So kung hindi niya ipupus ito, sino magpupus nito? Walang iba kundi citizen. Citizen unified stand. Yun lang, wala nang ibang solusyon. Mag, kagaya lagi kong sinasabi, mag-usap man tayo maghapon dito at wala naman tayong action talagang ginagawa, it will not happen. And I respect everybody's point of view na inaakala natin na mag-suporta tayo ng panibagong presidente na nandyan lang nagkalat that will be the solution it will not it we will only have many of the same akala natin sila isko moreno akala natin sila uh, mani pakyaw ang solusyon they are not the solution we the people of the philippines ang solusyon uh, manindigan na tayo na tama na yung traditional politician tayo kasi pagka may isang presidente na galit tayo hahanap tayo na medyo mabango at doon tayo susuporta. Ganun ang Pilipino eh. Sorry to say this, pero nagsasalita tayo ng pawang katotohanan lang. And I am with, uh, still, with the idea of Brother Hill na tinututukan kong mabuti yung paano gigibain natin yung nasa 10 million na na padded voters sa Comelec. Dahil magbutohan man tayo, kung nandiyan pa rin yung padded voters, it will serve only the current government. Walang iba. And I also go, with the march ni attorney uh, Robert na natutukan natin yung sa Mindanao kasi marami sila strong actually may nakausap na akong uh, uh, part ng group nila and tama ang figure there are more or less 5 million in numbers so doon na tayo magbank and i'm working very very hard na makakuha rin tayo ng numbers dito sa Luzon at may tao rin tayong uh, nangangalap ng numbers sa Visayas that is the shortest way to winning Citizen Unified Stand. Shadow Congress, makipag-usap sa KDP ni Professor Butch Valdez. Makipag-usap sa CDCPH dahil nasa tamang direction sila. Nandun ang priority. What we must learn is prioritizing. Lahat ng pinag-uusapan natin napakahalaga. Napakahalaga kahit dito sa Shadow Congress natin. Pero kailangan alam natin yung priority. Alam natin kung sino yung susuportahan na group na yun ang priority para gibain natin yung nangyayari sa ngayon. Pwede tayong maghimay. Matata Isang linggo din natin matatapos yung mga violation ng executive branch sa 1987 constitution. Nahimay na natin yan. Pwede nating i-share sa inyo lahat. Bakit ni isa sa ating uh, legislative branch, sa judicial branch, walang gustong maghimay nito? Why? Because majority of, majority of them are in cahoots with each other in consonance, in incadence sila sa lahat ng pagpapatupad na nangyayari ngayon. Prioritizing, doon tayo mag-focus bago ako matapos. Ang priority natin is gibain yung medical marshalo na nangyayari sa ngayon. 
that is the first priority that we must do. Tulong-tulong tayo lahat. Kasi yung mga pinag-uusapan natin, hindi naman natin matutupad yan kung yung unang priority, hindi pa natin na, na isa sa katuparan, hindi pa natin na ipapakipaglaban at hindi pa natin na ipapanalo. Kapag lahat na tayo naturukan at nagkasakit na tayo lahat, ano pang pinapakipaglaban natin kung nasa balig na tayo ng karamdaman lahat? So sinusuportahan natin yung, uh, yung uh, CDCP at sa kanilang stand, lalo na yung stand ngayon ni uh, Dr. Romy Quijano dahil totoo na ang sagutan nila ni uh, Duque. And uh, hindi kailangan uh, lumamig ang issue. Kailangan i-diretso yung apoy. Bakit? This is the time na nasa hot water si Duque dahil sa kanyang uh, widespread corruption na ginawa sa DOH. So ito yung dapat natutukan natin at hindi ito dapat mawala dahil siguradong papatayin ito ng mainstream tsaka ng social media. So going back, isa lang yung direction natin. Dapat suportahan natin muna yung pagtatanggal at pagkikwestiyon sa medical Marcelo at saka yung termination ng medical uh, uh, rules na ginagawa nila dahil nag-expire na yan. Aspirator ni Robert, tama siya. At uh, yung kay Brother Hill naman, uh, dapat mayroong uh, mga group ng, 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 ng patriots kagaya ng, ng mga nasa gising maharlika kay DP natin, CDCPH natin, sa evangelical churches natin na tumututok naman dun sa issue ng, ng, ng Smartmatic na mapatanggal na yan at yung padded voter sa Comelec. So, pangatlo, eh magbuo na tayo, buuin na natin yung Luzon, Visayas, Mindanao na, na citizen na unified stand natin dahil yun lang ang winning. Do you think yung pagdadasal natin ng, ng mga prayers natin para mag-declare si Digong ng revolutionary government mangyayari pa? It will not happen. Pwede pa mag-declare siya ng sarili niya. Sarili niyang uh, revolutionary type na, na i-insist niya yung, yung gusto niya. Pero not the, the cause para sa mga tao. Yun ang nakikita natin. A losing battle na yan. Uh, RDRD and si Chip Bien Lorque. And we respect ni Bishop Nilutayag at sa mga members natin sa RDRD. Pero are they moving forward? No. Are they heading somewhere? No. Yan na yung mga reality. Are they fund, being funded by the, by the government? No. So sayang yung effort. At uh, saludo tayo sa ginagawa pa rin nila ngayon na patuloy sila nakikipaglaban para doon sa revolutionary government. But it will not happen. Let us go to the revolutionary government that is tested na. Truth. Matagal na time immemorial pa. Yan yung people's uh, initiative. Sundan na natin yung sinabi ni uh, attorney uh, Mel Magdamo na from the grassroots sa mga barangay, magkolekta lang ng 50 uh, signature galing sa mga barangay citizen natin at practice na natin yung ating barangay assembly under the local government code. Mas mabilis ito kaysa dun sa Republic Act 6735 na konti lang yung scope. So yun lang ang ating pinupunto para hindi masayang yung effort ng ating shadow congress. Let us move to unified our citizen. Uh, hindi tayo mananalo as a group. Lagi ko sinasabi, kahit sa ang forum, kahit sa ang program natin, if we think by our current number, we will win by our own group alone, good luck. Hindi tayo mananalo. Definitely not. History will speak for itself. Na walang nanalong small group na hindi unified ang citizen. Sa ibang bansa, one minute na lang, Chipian. Sa ibang bansa, bakit sila slowly winning? Because they are standing unified. Lahat sila. At walang magagawa ang ating military. That is the only uh, cue 
na hinihintay ng ating military. Makita nila ang numbers ng mga citizen sa kalsada. Yan lang. 100% ako, sigurado ko. PNP, AFP, yan lang hinihintay. Why? That is the time they will ship na suportahan ang mga tao at ang mga tao naman gustong ibalik sa 1899 Constitution. That will be it. Ganun lang kasimple. Pero if we will continue discussing things na walang actions, we will lead us to nowhere. Totoo ito. At sayang lang yung effort natin. This is the only reason why I joined now uh, our uh, uh, shadow uh, congress. Dahil ayaw kong masayang yung effort na ginagawa natin dito. Mahal ko lahat ng ginagawa ninyo dahil yung time ninyo, yung effort ninyo, yung mga discussion, napaka-importante lahat. Pero paano natin maisakatuparan to lahat? Through action. Unified actions. We must learn to agree doon sa mga bagay na disagreeable sa ibang group. Yun po ang ginagawa ng Gising Maharlika ng ating KDP, ng ating CDCPH sa pakikipag-usap sa kanila. Maaring ang ibang doktors hindi sang-ayon sa CDCPH and vice versa. Pero we need to embrace them. Maaring ang, ang, ang political uh, colors perspective ng iba hindi naaayon sa political perspective na meron tayo sa KDP. Pero yayakapin pa rin natin sila. Maaring yung nagbabatiko sa atin sa Shadow Congress natin, hindi nagugustuhan pinag-usapan natin, but still we have to talk to them. Y yun yung winning lang natin. Eh. Wala tayong ibang winning side. Kung gusto natin ng mabilisan, go immediately. Follow the recommendation of Attorney Mel uh, Magdamo. Mangulekta tayo at tutulong ang gising maharlika natin. Mangulekta ng 50 signatures sa mga barangay. Ilagay lahat ng gusto natin at isubmit natin through the hierarchy of court stair para, para mapakinggan tayo. Pagkatapos niyan, punta na tayo sa kalsada lahat. Hindi tayo hulihin ng mga militar kahit na GCQ, ECQ, MECQ. Nasubukan na namin yan. Siyam na beses na kami lumalabas sa kalsada. Anong sinasabi ng mga PNP sa atin? Akap, basta magsunod lang tayo ng medical uh, protocols, ha? ng health protocols natin. Okay. So yung mga isinisigaw natin, yun ang mga bagay na hindi nila naisisigaw at nasasabi. So, so hindi tayo nila hulihin. Walang gagawin silang aksyon laban sa atin, kagaya rin ng pagsuporta nila sa mga rally ng mga anti-government na isinisigaw pabagsakin ang, ang rehimen ni President Duterte. Pero hindi naman nila hinuli. Wala naman silang ikinulong. Wala naman silang pinusasan. So tayo pa na nakikipaglaban kung anong tama. Matatalino ang ating mga PNP uh, officer. Matatalino ang mga P AAP uh, generals natin. Tahimik lang sila. They cannot say anything because nasa loob pa sila ng constitution na kanilang pinagsisigbihan. But to end my, my, my manifestation, kapag nakita na nila ang numbers sa kalsada ng unified stand ng ating mga mamamayan, they will shift allegiance to, the, to our constitution to protect Uh, our uh, Filipino people and our country as a whole. Salamat, uh, Chip Bien. Uh, okay, I, I totally agree with you. And now, let us use the citizen overriding power. Kasi nabangit ni Capreyan, kasi kami sa barko, may order ang opisina o sinuman na nakataas sa amin. But if we think that the order is wrong, so we could override the order. May overriding power kami. So kung tayo ng mga citizen of the Republic has also to use our overriding power. Itong mga may powerful nito sabi na binoto natin na yan. Wala yan. Tayo masunod. Hindi sila. Now any uh, uh, comment on uh, the Para word paalala of, ko lang, uh, Chip Yen, abaw ko uh, makalimutan. Ang, ang, paalala lang, last na paalala lang. Sana tayong mga Pilipino, lalo na yung tayong medyo nakakaunawa. Wala namang ginawa na suporta sa atin lahat, majority. Hindi naman lahat, pero majority ng nakaupo ng mga national 
and, and local government uh, official natin. Ang ating mga senador, ang kongreso, andyan lang, ilang piraso sila sa uh, congressman uh, Mike Defensor na sumusuporta rin sa, sa pinapakipaglaban natin. Ulitin ko, wala naman sino man na nakaupo ng mga senador. Congressman, konti lang. At local at national uh, government official na sumusuporta sa mga mamamayan ngayon. Magpangalang kayo sa, sa atin ngayon. Wala. Bakit pa tayo magbabanking sa kanila na ibuboto natin yung kagaya ni Isko Moreno, kagaya ni, ni Manny Pacquiao? Dapat doon pa sila nanindigan nung no, nagsimula pa lang itong laban natin, itong nangyayaring medical marshalo. Hindi ngayon na mangangako lang sila. Last word, Brother Bien. Ang mindset ng mga kakampi ni Digong, ng mga Duterte, iisa lang ang direksyon nila. Paano nila gigibain at sisirain yung mga tumatakbo against them? On the other fence, lahat ng tumatakbo, Isko Moreno, Ting Lacson, Tito Soto, uh, Manny Pacquiao, lahat yan nag-iisip lang kung paano naman nila gigibain at tatalunin ang mga Duterte. Are they talking? Are they thinking? Sa mga nangyayari ngayon at para sa kapanganan ng mga mamamayan, wala! So, Bobo lang, bobo lang ang boboto pa sa mga existing politician na meron tayo. Yan lang ang last word ko, Brother Bien. Kung sa Marco, magdibalas tayo kasi overload na. Malubog tayo kundi tayo magdibalasting. <laughs> uh, any, any, any suggestion, comment, or whatsoever from the word of Captain uh, Ray Valeros? Carlo, you are raising your hand. Anything you can say? Uh, Good afternoon po sa lahat. Ay, good noon na po, good noon. Uh, I agree with Captain, ano, as, uh, in behalf of uh, PBFM Region 8. Actually, yung nakikita nyo po, composition po ito ng Region 8. Uh, Eastern Samar, Northern Samar, uh, part of Leyte. Uh, tama po yung sinasabi ni, Kapit ni Kapitan kasi yung grupo namin, matagal na namin yung marin gusto marinig yung sinasabi ni Sir. Uh, sa totoo lang, Gumalaban po kami sa gobyernong ito, although pabor kami sa mga magandang nagawa ng presidente natin. Pero in reality, yung system nga natin ang problema. So yung grupo namin, na-mention po yung ni Attorney Posada, yung si, si Dr. Miswari, uh, in behalf kay Mick Feliciano. Totoo po yun, may ugnayan po ang aming leader na si Papa Romeo Melisio. Ang PBFM po, buong Visayas, ay sumusuporta po sa layunin ni na nabanggit ni Kapitan. So, willing po kami kung anong kung anong adhikain ng grupong ito. At ang tanong po namin ay eh, kailan po tayo magumpisa sa mga pinaplano natin kasi po kupuro tama nga po kung puro lang tayo sa dita, kulang wala tayo sa gawa, walang mangyayari sa pinaplano natin eh. Dapat talaga gahol na po tayo talaga sa oras sa totoo lang. Yung nabanggit ng yung nabanggit niyang signatory, yung mga signature campaign, nagawa na po namin yan. Nagawa na po namin. Pinasa na namin kay uh, Professor Miswari. Pinasa na namin ang buong bisayas ng organisasyon namin. Pinasa na po namin kasi daw po hinihingi ni Presidente. And yet, walang nangyari. Yung nga, tama yung sinasabi ni Kapitan na may mga plano si Presidente na sa kanya lang eh, hindi para sa kabuuan eh. So, yun po ang napapansin namin. So, ano, ano na yung hinihiling natin? Ano na yung pangako niya na federalism nung panahon ng pagkampanya 2016. So, ang Region 8 po, sir, 100% po Kaya nabanggit ko. Hello po, okay po. 
Kaya nabanggit ko na now let us use our overriding power. We have the constitutional right. We have the we have our own constitutional right. We have Bill of Rights and let's use it. So dahil hindi nila ginagalang ang 1987 Constitution, then we will see what will happen if we have to use our power because in the Constitution, in Section 1, Article 2 of the Constitution, it is very clear that sovereignty resides in the people, not reside to anybody who are elected and appointed by the people. So I think I... I suggest to Maharlika. I suggest to Maharlika now because Region Eight has already some signature already with their hand. So now let's join one another and let us group among ourselves to resolve all these problems. And not necessarily that we have to submit to anybody because if we have to submit to somebody who is not with us, they will actually deny that. So whether they have to accept it or not, but let's proceed to the solution to the problem. So andi tulang po kami ang region it nagante lang po as anytime po kami anytime. Gigil na gigil na ngapu kami kung totoo siya. Okay, okay, noted in that. I I I I I I was been in Mindanao in January four and five, and I I I heard that from the group of Mindanao. Uh, Professor Hill, uh, uh, any word to say? Yes, we will. Uh, we will work on the um, substance and style of the resolution that Dr. Uh, Posadas uh, is uh, proposing. We have also to take note that we had a June 12 resolution. And uh, further resolution should be in consonance with that because we have called for a uh, adapt in that resolution. We have already called for the adoption of the 1899 Constitution. So in the subsequent resolution that is being proposed, we have to be very clear in our whereas to detail the basis of the resolution or recommendation for action that we will put into the dispositive portion of the resolution being proposed. That is just my concern that we have to, since we are talking to the world through our resolutions, a court talks to the world through its decisions. We are a shadow Congress. Our shadow Congress has no power except the power of communication. We will talk to the world in terms of our resolutions. Our resolution should be very clear and very articulate so that it could stand on its own and cannot be assailed. Because uh, as I've heard from Dr. Posadas, he wants that resolution to be reproduced, printed, and distributed all throughout. So when that resolution is received by people, that resolution cannot defend itself anymore in terms of further comments or actions. The resolution and what it contains will have to stand by itself, and so we have to be very careful in crafting this communication. Okay, so according to Obama, so according to Obama, the U.S. president, one of the most dangerous things are words, and the way you put words together makes things explosive or piff. So you have to be careful in crafting words. So, because we are about to be run out of time, so I do suggest that uh, Attorney Posadas and you, you have to exchange communication. 
and the next plenary hearing on Saturday, we have to totally finalize the resolution as to whether or not we have to distribute. Okay. As to One whether or not we have to do it, uh, we know. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Uh, you have the floor One class the clarification. The reason yes. why okay, it's go ahead. called the reason why it's called joint or unified is to be inclusive of the other groups that are calling for an indirect transitional revolutionary government. So the uh, the resolution is, is specific in invoking President Duterte's out of office to either decide uh, to declare a transitional or indirect uh, transitional revolutionary government or directly pledge allegiance to the 1899 constitution. Otherwise, we cannot be inclusive of the other groups. So leave it to President Duterte to fulfill his duty as to whether it's going to be a transition revolutionary government or a direct uh, adoption or a shift to directly to the 1899 constitution uh, with all decks uh, hitting and running. And at the same time, an instant structure or a ship of state that's already ready to be boarded versus an indirect transitional uh, process of a revolutionary government. So we leave the resolution is very specific as to the invocation of its duty to either choose the indirect transitional government. So it includes all the other groups, not to the exclusion, not to their exclusion, but to be to be inclusive of our joint unified resolution. So there's no there's no confusion in that uh, um, choice between an indirect revolutionary transition government or a direct shift of allegiance to the uh, enforceable and promulgated uh, valid uh, the Jure Filipino pure, pure Filipino wills constitution. So that is very clear. Otherwise, we will not be able to include for the others to join in and sign and go get on board our resolution. And that will spark, that will spark something other than, a, other than short of a sedition, because this is not a sedition or call to arms. This is action for the contract between the governing and the govern to perform each other's duty. President Duterte's duty is to listen to the people and for the people to assert their rights. Nothing less, nothing more. Okay, comments from Professor Hill. <clears throat> Substance, I have no problem. Mechanics and dynamics, I have. We cannot call, we cannot pass a joint resolution unless we are convening in joint assembly with the other groups. A resolution is passed by a body. We can call it a joint resolution if we are convening with the Leyte group, Nurmiswari group, or the Gising Maharlika group. We have to call a meeting that is a joint meeting to pass a joint resolution. If not, if we don't have a joint meeting, then we can only pass a resolution of the sense of this Congress on its own. We have to be clear about that. So if yes. it is a joint resolution, okay, we because have, we have a joint heard, assembly. We have heard. So that is it. That's okay, my comment. Correct. Professor Correct. Hill. Because we have heard from Capre and Mick 
and uh, from the region 8 we have heard that uh, there was already a citizen unified uh, assembly with a group so now let's join with one another and we must have to uh, resolve it jointly on the specific date that we want to so but, but, but by now by by now but by now as far as the the, the shadow government resolution is concerned just coordinate both of you coordinate both of you and then try to find out the the, the resolve as it is here by resolve what agreement you might have and by next uh, saturday we have to finally discuss that and we have to meet other groups uh, in so order to have, have to, uh, this we have, to invite, we have to invite we have to invite the group of captain uh, ray valeros the group of region 8 and other groups to pass a joint resolution all right so region 8 if you are still there please uh, ask the group of north miswari that uh, we have to uh, meet and uh, find uh, and uh, make a joint resolution to they have to be present with us to have a joint resolution we are the 1899 right. congress and we will okay. be in joint resolution with the other groups that will join us in a meeting next saturday okay although mr speaker oh. Although yes, this is ahead. a uh, reflection of a process, nevertheless, it's, if it becomes a reality in the political realm and in the real people's will, so be it. Once they sign into it, it's already accepted that they're joining in. But if we have to go through this formality, even if it's uh, in, the, uh, in, the, um, in the essence of time or time of the essence, since we're running out of time, what we'd like to do is to time it before the candidacy filing in October, because after the filing of yeah. the candidacy, then we have another sort of uh, another obstacle and hindrance to our resolution, because the the, the resistance right. to it will be firm by all other groups by uh, saying that we're trying to sabotage the elections. But if it's before filing of the candidacy, that's the controlling uh, factor. If it's before the filing of the candidacy and the people choose to enforce the contract between the, gover the governing and the governed to boycott the elections, that is part of their freedom of expression, very timely and very aptly. So that's what I'm, all yeah, I'm we, after. We have, we have no but problem if we got to the process of, of inviting them and uh, discuss it, okay. But I'm just reminding everybody, time is of the essence. Okay, Thank you. now because because now it is already the middle of august and we have to run we are almost run out of time by uh, the month of september for the month of september so i, I suggest that uh, you have to communicate through email and by saturday if everything is okay then final resolution has to be done so before september we have to do our intent and purpose for this matter okay thank you so in, in any any uh, suggestion because now we are already 12 uh, 9 although there is no question if we have to extend but uh, what i want to is uh, uh, the final solution to the real problem must have to be resolved as soon as possible because now it's almost 15 days it's only 15 days uh, left before september 
So, bago dumating ang piling ng kandidasi, dapat uh, makagawa na tayo ng paraan and let us use the so-called citizen overriding power. Kaya nabanggit namin ni Kaprian dahil sa barko, kung mali ang order sa amin, hindi namin sinusunod. Kung ano ang gusto namin for the benefit of our crew and the ship as well as the cargo, yan ang nasunod namin. Brother Bien, Brother Bien, uh, uh, suggestion lang, recommendation. Uh, ano ang pwede nating gawing action bago magsimula ang registration ng mga voters sa October? Kasi once na nagsimula na yan, mahirap na tayong harangin. Alam natin at ako, wow. hindi nawawala sa isipan ko, hindi nawawala sa isipan ko yung uh, binigay sa aking database ni Brother Hill at uh, na-communicate ko na yan, na-convey ko na sa maraming abogado at uh, nagpadala na rin tayo ng, ng ating uh, position paper sa mga Uh, government lead agencies which has something to do sa election uh, wala silang reply lahat so bakit wala silang reply? dahil nga in cadence in consonance sila na lahat sila makikinabang sa dami ng bilang ng padded voters na nasa COMELEC so useless pagka nag-register tayo so yung sinasabi ni attorney Mel magdamo, yun ang pinaka-efektibo dahil naka-anchored pa rin yun sa batas na ilagay lang natin uh, sa mga barangay as uh, 50 tao na pwede ba walang magre-register muna dahil mayroong uh, 10 million padded voters. Uh, kaya natin patunayan yan dahil nga sabi ni Brother Hill, mahirap nilang i-contest yan pagdating sa korte, yung, yung mga padded voters na yan. So useless kapag inabot pa tayo ng filing ng COC nila. And time is running out really. Kapag yan nasimulan, mahirapan na tayo dahil lahat yan magkaka- magkakasabot lahat yan eh. Uh, alam na natin yan. Kapre, ilalang maging malalim na kaisipan. Go ahead. Alam mo rin ang email ni alam mo ang email ni Atty. Magdamo. Then, uh, just also take the email of uh, Region 8 and then communicate with one another and uh, by Saturday, by next plenary session, Saturday, ano sa yun? And then, uh, we have to finalize okay, uh, everything and uh, tungkol dyan sa signature, even with Even without signature, but if we are group, if we are really serious to group among ourselves by doing the people power regional or national, you have to identify the groups now. By joint resolution, identify the groups. Okay, Professor Hill, you are recognized. I'm just saying that for a joint resolution, even if there's just one person representing here. We have to identify the group that we will list in the joint resolution. We cannot just say joint resolution okay. in general joint resolution because we don't have any mandate to speak for the entire public. We can only have representatives of the groups and then those will sign the resolution as part of our resolution. Like we passed the resolution as the, as the Congress and then it will be endorsed by the other groups that are joining with us in our sense of the Congress. That is the way I think procedurally we should proceed. Okay. So it's a matter of play of words, whether it's uh, signed or endorsed. Okay. But at least it becomes relevant to them that something definite that they can get on board and rally around. Even for yes, well, citizens, because, uh, once they read it, Yeah, the way you're thinking, uh, if I if I may be excused, the way you're thinking, uh, Dr. Posada, is you are thinking of a petition. You come out to the petition resolution and then you ask people to join and sign up with it. But ours was a 
you started as a resolution of the Congress. So we can only limit ourselves to the sense of the Congress. Now, if you're talking about a uh, point of order, point of order, uh, Professor Hill, uh, what I am suggesting is uh, rather than we have to change uh, ideas uh, here in the Zoom meeting, I think uh, I suggest that because all of you got also an email, including me. So let's communicate with email and we have to group among ourselves, even like, for example, Region 8, si McDon, kung sino man, si Capre, eh, Professor Hill, uh, Antonio Posadas, and uh, the representative of uh, Normie Suarez. So by Saturday, in that particular day, we could uh, resolve everything if there is okay. no more discussion. So discuss it through email that's so that by Saturday, we could finalize the resolution, the joint resolution. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. So now we are already out of time. It was already 12.15. So I strongly suggest that uh, beginning uh, this afternoon or beginning this afternoon until uh, Friday. So let's uh, exchange ideas through email. So by Saturday, we have to finally resolve uh, our uh, resolution, joint resolution. However, because uh, the joint resolution cannot be called joint resolution if it is only one person has to do something. So let us disseminate information that among our group, Region 8, Nomiswari group, Gising uh, Marino group, Seattle government group. So that could be also considered as joint resolution. So okay. now if we have to if we have to finalize that by Saturday, I do believe that if people uh, Luzon besides and Mindanao learn that the, the unity of uh, the people of the Republic of the Philippines has already uh, is already doing uh, the citizen overriding power, I doubt that uh, no one will question us. Uh, Professor Butts, uh, anything you can say? Yeah, I just wanted to add that uh, just listening to the discussion, uh, the the points taken by uh, Captain Ray Valeros and of course uh, the uh, those of uh, Hill and um, Attorney Robert Posadas uh, are actually mutually exclusive. They they are they can be approached not not on a sequential basis. They can be approached at the same time. Yeah. Many people are really uh, dismayed about the situation mm. of, of uh, knowing very well in the back of their minds the the uh, disruption which uh, which uh, the smartmatic can do, not only the padded votes but the actual manipulation of the election. No. Uh, they're there; it's in the back of their minds. But the the situation is also there that it's not just a matter of uh, of the people being uh, being uh, enjoined to participate in an election uh, an election is always like an economic activity and uh, it benefits many of the lower levels of our society you know, because uh, the candidates tend to spend you know, for this and somehow it uh, trickles down precisely to the to the people and the, all the time up during a 
during a campaign or right after the elections, you will see a boost in the sales of uh, air conditioners, uh, refrigerators, and whatever else are needed by the people. So, on the other hand, it's it's a the the proposal of Captain Ray is is realistic in the sense that if you are to harness the people to become more and more militant, it is this thing of the medical medical martial law or the mandatory nature by which they are trying to impose these protocols. And uh, this goes uh, right to the heart of, uh, of the uh, individual no, who has to surrender his, uh, his liberties. No? Uh, and what aggravates it more is not just the surrendering of his liberties, but what aggravates is there are actually people dying no, uh, caused by the vaccinations. No? Now, more and more people are getting aware of all of this. No? And it is an issue. Uh, and it is also an issue which, we can, be, which can be used to the maximum no? um, to even move towards the postponement of the elections. And the postponement of the elections will help the uh, this uh, shadow government uh, push some more with whatever is necessary. Because as it is, the fact that there are padded votes, which seem to end the fact that we should move towards the 1899 uh, constitution, does not. Uh, have the uh, gut effect on the people. It does, they are now just facing something like hunger and health. No. They are hungry and they will die. They're hungry, so they're forced to vaccinate and then they vaccinate and they die. No. These are the things that are going on. And you don't need, this is not theory. All you need to do is just look around in different countries, and they're already on that level. No? They're unmasking in different cities, challenging governments in France, in England, in big numbers, no? because of this medical martial law that is happening. So it's such a pity if we do not uh, use this issue uh, as a catalyst uh, for this other issue, which is the 1899 resolution. Uh, I, and if we use this uh, as a catalyst, not just, to, uh, not just to stop government from doing this mandatory uh, 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 use of prep protocols, but uh, also to go to the extent of postponing elections. And that this must be resolved, not just the mandatory nature, but the whole uh, skewed science that is being used, that uh, COVID uh, is, is uh, the problem of the Philippines. Yeah. Many now are showing 
the the uh, in Alberta, they went to court and they proved that uh, the health institutions could not produce the virus, could not uh, show the physical uh, uh, of the virus, which was the basis of the protocols. And therefore, since they could not produce the virus, they went into, uh, uh, they had, the court had to say that, all right, these protocols do not affect. And then they went to the Supreme Court, of course, separate uh, Supreme Court, decision uh, lower courts. But the important thing here is this. They can be challenged both in the courts and in the streets. And the more we can generate, which uh, Captain Ray is trying to do, uh, uh, the more we, people we can generate and uh, get them uh, to be brave enough to go to the streets, the better for us, no? uh, the better even for our issue on the uh, on the shadow government uh, claims. You no? lang ang point ko. Okay, thank you, Professor Woods. And any more? Any more suggestion or comment? Never mind the time. The time uh, will always be running. <laughs> Uh, Brother Ben, napakaganda nung sinabi rin ni Professor Boots. At uh, napakaganda na meron tayong uh, shadow congress. Kasi when the going gets tough, kasi tatanungin tayo, ano ba solusyon ay offer nyo? Puro lang kayo banggit sa problema. Ito, meron na tayong na-establish na shadow congress at lahat, halos ng departamento sa gobyerno. Meron na tayong naka-establish kahit papano at mga uh, temporary leaders na magpapunction. Kapag ka nagkaroon tayo ng... Uh, Uh, transition doon sa ating 1899 constitution. Ang key talaga rito, uh, aminin natin at hindi, ang key rito is tayong mamamayan. Hindi hindi ang ibang hindi ang ibang sektor, ibang grupo. Tayo tayo mismo, magsolid tayo, magsama-sama tayo. Uh, tayo ang tayo ang kidal, tayo lang ang inihintay ng ating mga militar. May mga kinakausap tayo, lang yan lang ang words nila lagi sa bawat meeting natin. We want to see numbers para makapag-ship na kami. At naiinip na rin sila. Bakit sila naiinip? Sila yung ginawang guinea pigs, PNP, at saka ang AFP. <laughs> Tapos, the same time, sila yung ginagawang panakot sa mamamayan. So, sinong matinong general na nakaupo sa PNP at saka sa AFP ang magugustuhan yan? Wala. Dahil sila, may mga pamilya rin sila. May mga pamilya sila, asawa, anak, magulang, kapatid, mga relatives nila na naapektuhan ang nangyayari. So, hinihintay lang talaga nila. At nagtataka uh, tayo kasi tayo nagkakandak tayo ng, ng survey. Ang survey natin talaga direct to the farm ng mga mamamayan. At ang, ang nakakalungkot nito, talagang marami pa rin yung naniniwala dito sa bakuna na ito. Yan ang katotohanan. Marami naniniwala. And that is how na, 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 na indoctrinate yung medicine natin. At na nangyayari sa ngayon. At uh, uh, nahihirapan tayo dahil lahat ng kausapin natin talaga. Pumunta ka sa lahat ng vaccination center sa ngayon, simula nung pakawalan nila ang, ang balita na kung walang uh, bakuna, walang ayuda at hindi makakalabas ng bahay. The, the president, uh, nag, nagbigay siya ng ganyan pananalita sa national television natin. 
So ang dating sa mga tao, ito na yun. Kailangan magpabakuna na tayo. At yun ang talagang uh, kinakatakutan ng mga tao na hindi sila makalabas at saka hindi nakita, sila mabigyan. Nakita ko kanina, nakita ko kanina na sabi ni sabi ni Digong, wala na daw mandatory vaccination. Ewan ko kung gaano katotoo uh, yan. Ang ang sa kanya, magti-trigger siya ng 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 salita tapos ipapatupad sa baba kasi akala nila yun na yun eh. Tapos pag ipinatupad sa baba para malinisan yung kamay niya, magbabanggit siya na hindi na mandatory. That is how he play things. Alam na natin yan, paulit-ulit yan eh. Uh, ang mga nasa baba naman, pag nagbanggit si Digong, akala nila yun na yung utos. So inuunahan na nga nila eh, pinapatupad na nila kagad. At pag naipatupad na, pag naipatupad na, that is the time, maguhugas kamay naman siya. So paikot-ikot lang yung mundo natin sa, sa ganitong uh, sitwasyon at sa ganitong sistema. And wala, wala tayong dapat ikatakot, brother Bian. Wala tayong dapat ikatakot. Bakit? Nakikita natin na ang mga PNP natin talagang hati sila. Hindi man sabihin natin na totally uh, sumusuporta doon sa panawagan natin. Hati na sila. Ganun rin ang AAP. Matatalino yung mga yan. May mga puso rin yung mga yan. Hinihintay lang talaga nila numbers ng tao na makita sa kalsada na ay, ito pala yung nagsasabi na teka muna. Hindi naman to again sa vaccination eh, ang panawagan nila eh pag-aralan muna yan, ihinto obserbahan at huwag pilitin ang tao. At uh, pangalawa dyan, isulong na rin natin yung sinasabi ni Prof. Valdez na i-dinbin muna ang eleksyon yan ang pinaka-wise move kasi kung itutuloy pa rin natin dahil gusto nating matuloy siya na mayroong ang padded voters yan, hindi makaka-action itong uh, shadow congress natin. So iposisyon muna natin yung ating uh, mga manifesto, yung ating mga Uh, uh, competition man matatawag yan at uh, i-in place na natin para meron tayong ipe-percent bakit natin sinasabi na i-temporary na uh, wag mo nang ituloy ang eleksyon dahil sa mga uh, realistic na, na reason na nakabank naman sa ating konstitusyon so palagay ko yun at uh, nandyan naman ang korte may mga abogado tayo na ngayon tumutulong at malawak na yung mga abogado natin may mga judges na nakausap sila attorney Poli Sugilon may mga justices na silang kausap So hindi ito losing battle. Marami nang namumulat sa ating uh, judicial branch. Sa ating uh, legislative branch, uh, uh, pag-file natin sa August 26 sa sa Senado ng ating petition letter, palagi ko aaksyonan nila ito at naka-address ito sa lahat ng senador through uh, the speaker, uh, Senator Tito Soto. Palagi ko aaksyonan nila ito dahil sa takdang panahon na nila, nilagay ni Attorney Poli at hindi sila sumagot, eh, balik tayo sa Supreme Court at uh, may mga tutulong sa atin dyan. Alam natin na may mga nakaupo pa rin sa Supreme Court kahit appointed, karamihan dyan ng presidente na matatalino rin sila, nag-iisip sila. Hindi naman lahat, pare-pareha sila in cadence dyan na, na magdi-decide kahit mali yung nakikita. Naniniwala pa rin tayo sa batas natin. So, sundan ko, bago tayo magtapos yung sinabi ni Professor Boots na the winning edge natin, ito pa rin batas, sundan natin konstitusyon at ang paglabas natin sa kalsada. Wala nang iba. Yun lang. Okay. So, see you on the 26. At uh, pakimanggit kay Attorney Aaron, although kanina siya, nandito siya kanina, pero hindi pa siya, hindi siya pagsalita. So, pakimanggit mo rin sa kanya tungkol sa panit voters na yan, kung ano ang uh, kanyang uh, ma-suggest and uh, we have to uh, coordinate with Attorney Magdamo. Ha? Ah, uh, Professor Boots, you are raising your hand. Please unmute and say something. 
Dahil gusto ko lang i-qualify yung sinasabi ko. No? Uh, that uh, as a rule, of course, um, many of us in the KDP no? would rather that this ele coming elections was postponed. No? But since, uh, you know, we are a political party no? uh, and we have certain uh, pronouncements, we cannot uh, turn our backs on people that are seeking our advice. No? And there might be some people that will be seeking our advice as to how certain changes are being made. No? So uh, now, if the elections are going to be pushed no? and the government insists on uh, doing this and make a claim that this is a, it is in accordance with our constitution, which is usually their line, no? uh, and the one that can uh, postpone it is only the president, no? Uh, of course, we will be part of that uh, move to try to postpone it. But if it's not going to be postponed, we cannot uh, turn our backs on people who want to seek our advice in the coming elections. You know? Because uh, if that is going to happen, you know, then we might as well be in a position to advise them to do the right thing. You know? Uh, and uh, not just on a purely political basis, but to uh, to make sure that the principles that we stand for, you no, know, uh, are are adhered to and and uh, and followed. You know? lang ang gusto kong uh, qualification dito sa sinabi ko. Okay, dahil uh, unstable ang aming uh, uh, signal. So, not necessary that I have to identify, but sometimes you have to shout out so I could hear because uh, my my uh, signal is not stable. Uh, so, almost 12.32. Professor Hill. Yes, I would just like to say if we are planning on uh, talking about postponement of elections, uh, some lawyers group should now study this uh, option clearly, because always they say that uh, the Constitution schedules it and we cannot do anything about it. That has been the reason used by uh, Comelec before to be able to do away with the safeguards because they have to perform and uh, do the constitutional thing. So, style. Pero it has been shown that whatever they want to do, they can do. Like they could, in, they could invent uh, constructive resignation if they really want to. So our lawyers should be able to study whether we can really push for a postponement of elections based on this uh, fully misused, abused, and non-used uh, 1987 constitution, which they still keep on invoking. Although now it is just, as I've said, a constitution of convenience. Kaya pag-aralan ng mga abogado natin, kung ano talagang pwedeng gawin natin tungkol sa move to postpone elections, kung talagang yun ang tamang move na gagawin natin. Okay, so I move that uh, as far as the discussion of resolution or joint resolution is concerned. So first, just uh, uh, 
communicate through email and by uh, next plenary session on Saturday, then we have to finalize. And for those who have some ideas, so we'll represent uh, the, the party, they are uh, uh, intending join us on Saturday so we could uh, resolve the joint resolution accordingly. Okay. Uh, attorney Posa, yeah. Okay, uh, Professor Hill, uh, I is Professor Boots uh, wanting to talk? He's raising his hand. I haven't seen it. Okay, Bye. Professor Boots, you recognize. Ah, okay. Attorney Pusadas, uh, any uh, closing remark? Okay, na ata, tayo. I think we're good. Okay, so then uh, if none, then uh, I have to suspend the session. Okay, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Uh, okay. Mr. Speaker, bye-bye. Okay, so at 12.39, the session is suspended. See you next Saturday.